coming to you from the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki Studios, this is The Right Hash. The Right Hash is brought to you by Slim Sweets and by Speedy Custom Sneakers. Now, let's spark it up with your hosts, Luke Nadkarni and Alex Thompson. We have reached that time once again here in the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki Studios. We've done all the prep work, we've done all the pre-draft analysis, and we are now ready to bring you our mock first round. Luke Ned Carney, Alex Thompson here with you, and we did this last year in person in the Harnett County branch of the Kuchecki Studios. Not the case this year, no wings this, this year, but you know the, the, the spirit of the draft lives on. This is our favorite time of the year, and we're just, we're just 24 hours away practically from taking what we're about to throw at you here and see how right or wrong we were. So yeah, Alex, I am missing the wings. I'm not going to lie. Wing, winging it, as you said, never misses, but we'll still have all the charm of, of the right hash mock draft. Yeah. They, they, they certainly make the event better. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited for this. This is the last, you know, real football that happens until August. So um yeah you have you have to drink it up i i know myself uh and, and I, I don't know what your availability is going to be for the other rounds of the draft but i i know i have my uh my next couple of days etched out uh, i will be doing nothing but watching draft coverage i i can't wait it's my fa- my favorite offseason thing uh i hope to make it to the draft um sooner than later almost went when it was in nashville but it just didn't it just didn't quite line up. I'm hoping maybe we get one in Charlotte soon so we can go maybe Atlanta, uh, Washington, I think, uh, is probably do one. It felt like they did the whole NFC East. Did they ever do Washington's draft? No, Post? of course not. Dan Snyder being our owner, they're not going to give us any special because they, like that. I mean, of course, they, they always had it in Radio City, but then they deviated and went to Philly. Um, yeah. Did they do it in Dallas or have they not made it there yet? I think they did, didn't they? I I I, I, I feel like in the in the recesses <laughs> of my brain, I feel like I remember Washington being the NFC East team that they did not tour yeah. with the draft. But um, who knows? Who knows now with the new owner and I want to make it to one. It just I want to go meet meet the people who go to the draft. Those seem like my type of people. Yeah, a couple of my cousins actually went. I, I can't remember what year. I think it was the year the Redskins drafted LeVar Arrington, 2000, maybe. They went up to Radio City for it, and they just, you know, they they had a, had a fun time. My cousins, a couple of my cousins used to be really into the Redskins, and now I'm just, I'm carrying the flag, so it's it, it's it's different. But but yeah, I, so that's the one story I've heard uh, from someone who's gone to the draft. And actually, a, a co-worker of mine went a couple years ago, and I think he actually got to sit in Roger Goodell's chair at one point. I, mean, I don't think he so- did on, like, on TV, but he got, like, off off screen or before the draft was able to pop a squat there. Some, someone else needs to, I, I vote, I vote whoever that person was. I, <laughs> I, I vote them in. <laughs> well, but yeah, uh, it, this is super fun to put together just before we go through. Um, uh, you had uh, talked about um, going through the, the list and you get to the very end and you go back through and you're like, Oh shit, I forgot. So-and-so prospect that I know is going in the top 10. And that's the worst part about doing mock drafts is it's almost like a Sudoku puzzle where if you mess up, you just have to start over again almost because there's so many, you know, this thing changes, this thing changes, this thing changes, this thing. It's almost just better to start over again 
and uh, and try another draft. I, I did a very similar thing. Um, I, I, I realized I didn't have Tyree Wilson until about pick 22. And I'm like, okay, uh, they're talking about him for number two. So I should probably have him earlier than this. And I had to go redo the whole thing. Yeah, I have, a, I have a player similar similar situation to that too. Um, and I just I, I had to play musical chairs with a lot of defensive backs just because I just could not settle on who Washington was going to take. I agonized over this. Um, but to, I, you to know, be I fair, to there's that conclusion that there's there's a lot of them, and there's like one that's really separated himself. So that that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Well, without further ado, we talked and showed each other the lists before that. And depending on when you listen to this show, you might be able to see our our fancy graphic out on our Twitter page with our complete mock first rounds. But we do have the same top five. And I think a lot of people have this top five and we weren't taking a lot of risks here. Um, So we'll break down each of these kind of individually. But Alex and I both have Carolina taking Bryce Young at quarterback from Alabama, Houston taking CJ Stroud at number two, quarterback from Ohio State, Arizona taking Will Anderson out of Alabama, do everything defender Indianapolis reaching for Will Levis quarterback out of Kentucky at number four and then Seattle like we've talked about making a splash with just best player available I think at number five Jalen Carter out of Georgia so that's what we've got one through five both of your your hosts do and I mean Bryce Young as it as it's time's gone on has become I think more and more the clear pick for the Panthers and I, I guess this kind of the safe pick too Unless you listen to the people on Reddit who are trying to move the Vegas lines who say that Will <laughs> Levis is already telling his family and friends that he's going to be the number one overall. Which, oh, my God. That would be I, no, no, that, that that's happening. Like, that, the Vegas oh line, Will Levis is now the second most likely guy, according to the Vegas odds, to be picked at number two. And, like, the gap shrunk. The, uh, I, I don't I, – I do not know what's happened. But the Panthers have already – they came out and said yesterday or day before – um, just for everyone out there, a re- uh, reminder, we're recording this April 26th, uh, Wednesday, the day before the draft. It is currently 5 p.m. That's important to note because stuff changes like that around draft time. Um, but the Panthers came out and, and said yesterday, day before, they know who they are. They're, you know, uh, there's, there's no contention. Everyone's on the same page who they're taking. And it just timed up well with Will Levis telling his friends and family that he's going to be the number one overall pick. So I I don't see the Carolina Panthers giving up DJ Moore to go draft Will Levis, but um, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know, man, it's, it's Carolina. They get themselves in this position. I'm not going to put it past them, but that there, there is no, there's no way they're, they're going to take Will Levis over Bryce Young. There is absolutely no way in the hell that is going to happen. No, definitely not. And I will, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to do something crazy if this, if that happens on this show or on YouTube or something, because, because it's, that's just how certain I am. It's not happening, but Vegas loves to make your money. So they love to take your money and make your money. The thing is, it's not even Vegas. It's, it's the betters who, who read this thing on, it's like, uh, R slash sports bet um, and, and, and re- read the report and they've all driven it like that. The Ve- Vegas set their line. And then what happens is what, what money does and the money is shifted. Will Levis further up the draft board R- right now. He is almost uh, across the board. The second quarterback pr- projected to come off the board, which 
really conflicts with our number two pick. Yeah, it, it definitely does because we we both have CJ Stroud. So, and this was this one was kind of less certain. He was he was one of those guys that were like, oh, could he slip? You know, could 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 he fall to? I don't know, like a you know mid round pick or or something like that. But the Titans. No, I I don't. Yeah, I don't think that's I don't think that's happening. Yeah, the Titans were a team I saw maybe in on him if he slipped to where do they pick number eleven? But eleven. Houston needs a quarterback, man. They they just they did the they did this last year. Last year we talked about how Houston was probably going to put its eggs in the basket for this year. And, you know, you can go back to last year's draft mock draft and, and actually hear that, hear us talking about that. I, I don't think they're doing it again this year. I mean, this is, they've got to pull the trigger and Stroud's the best available after Bryce Young's going to be taken by the Panthers. Yeah. I mean, you can go back and listen to the last show um, that we did uh, where I talked about Davis Mills, uh numbers in the pros versus will levis's in college and they're the same age and this and that 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 being said with a brand new you know regime essentially coming in they're not hitching their wagon to davis mills that no offense whatsoever but it is it it would be like if the commanders just fired ron rivera today said we're scrapping this and starting over or or last year that they would not have set sail with Taylor Heineke as they're like, we're going forward with this guy as our franchise cornerstone quarterback. Um, T- Taylor Heineke, Davis Mills kind of fill a similar bucket to me. They're, they're good. They're not necessarily your problem, but they're, they're not going to get you anywhere. Uh, there, there's no way that they leave this draft without a quarterback in the first round. You could, you could, start to throw around okay well maybe cj shroud's not the guy they go maybe they like will levis i don't know i i think they're more likely to either draft cj stroud or tyree wilson here and either trade their other pick up for whichever of the other quarterbacks falls a little bit um or or just just settle maybe for hooker at the end of a first round something like that They, they do have two first round picks so they have some flexibility that they don't have to be married to a quarterback here in this, in this spot. I just think he's the second best quarterback in this draft, no matter what that cognitive test, whatever shows. I, I, I understand. I, I, I get it. I really do, but just use your eyes. I, I don't need a test to tell me that Will Levis cannot make right decisions quickly. Um, I don't need a test to tell me that I watched CJ Stroud go up against the Georgia Bulldogs defense and pick them apart left, right, and center the entire game. I don't need standardized testing to tell me that the same way. I don't need a standardized test in school to tell me if you're going to be useful in the workforce or not. It's, it's a standardized test. It's, it's meant to, t- to find out how good you can take tests, not how well you can process the information on the test. Uh, right. You don't need to be putting covers on TPS reports to, to prove your worth. You yeah. Know, it, I mean, just... I, even if you got the memo, sometimes you just forget. Yeah. It, it just, it, and, you, and then you get eight different bosses telling you that we're putting new cover sheets on our TPS reports. But we'll still get you a copy of the memo. Uh, and just the, 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 li- the, lives, the lives we live. You know where you don't have to do TPS reports? on the field of an NFL team, you know, at practice during the games. So you have, you have to do THC reports though. So uh, <laughs> that, that's, that, a, that's that, only if you want to come onto the right hash that, that ruins some careers. Josh Gordon's playing in like Shanghai or something right now. <laughs> Get ready to learn Chinese, buddy. <laughs> exactly. He is the meme. <laughs> well, number so, three, 
Or yeah, unless I was we've got say, CJ Stroud. No, I, I just thought <laughs> our our top two were in agreement. I'm just throwing this out there. I think it's less likely today than when I made this mock draft yesterday that CJ Stroud goes here. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, another somewhat likely thing with the third team to pick the Arizona Cardinals who have new, I almost said cool new uniforms. I only think the white one is really cool looking, Um, but, but they, they, I've got them with it. Will Anderson, you've got them with Will Anderson, but there was talk of them trading back or if there was a team that was interested in one of these aforementioned quarterbacks or a quarterback that's yet to be mentioned so far um, that Arizona might drop this pick and, and, and move back. But I, I don't, I just mainly for sake of simplicity, I did not have them doing that. And Will Anderson is the best defensive player in the draft. Arizona needs a lot of help on defense. Let's not overthink this one. Yeah. I mean, and with what we know right now, Will Anderson is the correct answer, but the thing is, we don't know what the question is for them until the Texans pick. And I know that that's a cop-out answer, but if the Texans, for some reason, go Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson, that number three pick becomes a lot more valuable to teams like the Colts um, or the Titans, uh, you know, the Patriots, some of these teams who might need ha- have needs at the quarterback position um, and are going to have their pick of everyone except for Bryce Young, who I think if you just logically think it through that's who was gonna go first um so if you're a team below you knew you weren't getting Bryce if you didn't trade up to number one but I don't think you really thought coming into this week that CJ Stroud would be available at three um so the Cardinals might be able to get more for the third round pick than the Bears got for the first round pick if the Texans uh don't pick CJ Stroud there yeah and I'm I'm sure that it's you know they've got flow charts and and stuff like like an Inatech if this pick happens with the Texans, we do this. If this pick happens with the Texans, we do that. So, yeah, I guess all, all part of the all part of the the draft prep and research process. But yeah, but, I, I don't know. It's it would it's the ripple effect, the butterfly effect of what you know what pick happens. You know, Aaron Rodgers falling all the way to twenty four in two thousand five. Like there were small little things that happened at the beginning of that draft that led to him falling all the way to the Packers at twenty four. So. Yeah, I, I just we we so far we've got the the top three, just the kind of the the um the this is I the guess play the it as it lies yeah. top five. Yeah, you know this is this is like when you go to your favorite restaurant and you get just the standby the the good old burger and fries. You know you're not going to be disappointed. You're like this is going to be a solid meal. In just the classic lettuce, tomato, onion, ketchup, mustard. At least in my case, with the the fries and just you don't you don't go adventurous. You don't try to get something like chicken parmesan or like linguine from from your your favorite diner you just go with the tried and true and and at number four this is I guess this is something that's been projected I don't know how safe of a pick this is though (laughs) because this is a guy we've been trashing all spring long really all fall and spring long (laughs) Will Levis out of Kentucky and I guess the coolest thing here would he'd be wearing the same colors he wore in college if he goes to Indianapolis (laughs) I guess. Yeah, with probably about the similar level of success. Uh, (laughs) I didn't want to say it, but (laughs) um, uh, it's it's the Colts have really been Kentucky football of of the NFL for the last couple of years. Um, Yeah, it's it's that this is one of those picks that I I don't think is smart, but it's just what I think will happen, and that can be a difficult thing to combat when you're doing a. Uh, a mock draft is you have to remember you're putting yourself in their shoes you're not picking what you would pick you're picking what they would pick 
and um, Will, Will Levis would not be on on the mock draft graphic if I were picking. Um, he would be firmly in the second or third round where he belongs. But uh, for some reason, he's up here. And uh, at, at, this, at this point, the Colts, I guess, are hoping Will Levis falls to them. <laughs> weird, just weird to think fall at four you know but 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 it, it it could be a thing with what we've been hearing about about the betting in vegas and and there's no question they're they're this team is totally lost at quarterback though just they they were lost at quarterback last season trying to bring in matt ryan as a band-aid and then i i witnessed this firsthand because the washington game was the first game where they did this the sam ellinger experiment which was like that was basically them putting up a big neon sign saying holy shit, we need to draft a quarterback and we don't care who it is. Yeah, I, I still don't quite know how Jacoby Brissett got out of there. He's the best quarterback they've had since Andrew Luck. Um, and and they just kicked him to the curb. They didn't feel like he needed to be paid enough to stay there, I guess. Um, but yeah, he, here we are with the Colts. It's, you know, same old, same old. The one thing I can say about this is I'm thrilled that Will Levis is – likely going to wind up in the AFC South that does me uh very well um I'm excited very excited uh especially considering the Texans also uh are are potentially in the running to take him at number two uh I certainly would take Will Levis in my division over CJ Stroud um and certainly uh over over Bryce Young so Panthers please please do not go Will Levis, please do not put Bryce Young and CJ Stroud in the AFC South for God, uh, just just for for whatever is out there for all that's good and holy. Bring me Will Levis to the division. Bring me a shrubbery. (laughs) One shrubbery. What is your question? Oh boy. So at at number, at number five, we, we both have maybe, I, I think best player in this draft um, his uh, <laughs> debauchery at Georgia has had him slip a little bit, uh, even reportedly with some folks just taking him off their board entirely. Um, Jalen Carter out of Georgia. This guy was the disruptive front when Nolan Smith uh, got knocked out early in the season. Um, he's the reason they had little to no drop-off on their, on their pass rush. Uh, he is just a monster, an absolute monster. Uh, if you want to look at Jordan Davis from last year and what the Philadelphia Eagles got in him, uh, they're not exactly the same player, but they're very similar, especially in how they play. And uh, Seattle could probably use another player or two, but they also have um, another first-round pick. And I think Jalen Carter is just the best player available here. You could maybe say Tyree Wilson, just depending on what parts of the – defensive line they want to shore up but i think they're going d-line here as long as uh jalen carter's here highest upside for sure out out of anybody at at this stage in the draft i I think um the it's 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 a make a splash pick right it's 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 kind of reminds me of of how a couple years ago micah parsons was there and you know dallas grabbed him because he was far and away the best player available at that spot and that's what jalen carter is here too and uh, through the years seattle has had like signature defensive players. You know, we, we, we talked a lot about the, the offense, Marshawn Lynch, beast mode, Matt Hasselbeck being quarterback for so long, you know, guys like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett on offense, but 
they've had signature defensive players in Richard Sherman, you know, Lofa Tatupu going back, you know, a, a few years ago, Patrick Kearney was a fearsome defensive lineman who was Bobby one of my Wagner. favorite players, Bobby Wagner, you know, it's just, and he, he's, he's back there this year. So yep. it, it, it's a it, Seattle could add that, like, you know, John Randall, another guy who just, just came to mind, played on that defensive line in the early 2000s. Seattle can add that signature defensive player to, to build around. I think I think Jalen Carter's ideal an ideal fit for that. And they've played in a division with Aaron Donald for Aaron Donald's entire career. I think it's about time for them to start dishing that back out uh, right. to the Rams. Yeah, and I mean, and to say nothing of the Niners who have a really, really freaky good defensive line too. Uh, I'm not guy saying... Named, some guy named Bosa. I'm not saying Jalen Carter is going to be Aaron Donald, by the way. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah no, definitely not. You got <laughs> to at least invest. You got to invest. I, I literally don't think there's anybody in this draft that is as good as Aaron Donald. And I mean, at any position. Um, but Jalen Carter is really good. He, he is really good. And I, I know the folks in Athens will be happy to hear uh, that we've we've both got him, him going so high. Um, the, there is the off the field stuff. Dude. Whatever you want to make of it, I don't think it's going to be that big a deal at the end of the day. To, to me, and maybe I'm old school, I want my defensive players to have a, a case or two against them at some point. Like, that that screams, this guy is going to kill somebody on the field, and that's what I want in a defensive player. Now, Jalen Carter didn't kill anybody. I Don't take my words out of, out of context. I'm just saying, I, I, I want a guy with edge that – I mean, uh, you know, the Jags took Trayvon Walker last year after having that kind of car crash issue thing where he was kind of at fault. It, it wasn't just kind of a sweeping under the rug thing. They still took him. I want my D lineman to have a little bit of an edge. I wouldn't want my quarterback to have that. And, you know, <laughs> whatever, cancel me. But I want my defense to have that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the Legion of like the Legion of Boom mentality, man. I mean, everyone, the term thug became mainstream because of Richard Sherman giving that interview on on Fox with Aaron Andrews. I mean, I mean, like perfect, perfect dude, setting. Sw- Swatowski's a nice guy, but he's in jail, right? Like from the longest yard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's exactly. A nice guy, but he was in jail and he he had that dog in him. As they say. <laughs> and that's that, that's what I want from my especially the defensive tackle like this it almost needs to be the meanest guy on your entire team is your defensive tackle i i obviously don't want him to have massive legal issues coming in but i i, w- I would like for him to have a little bit of an edge yeah i mean if he gets into too much trouble he'll end up playing for the cowboys and i don't want that so <laughs> or or the raiders <laughs> well there's our top five so to recap bryce young first to carolina cj stroud second to houston will anderson third to the cardinals Will Levis, fourth to the Colts, and of course, Jalen Carter, five to Seattle. So pretty standard stuff, just the run of the mill, the play it as it lies. I'm just sitting here imagining Will Levis walking past the Peyton Manning statue every day and just like the the absolute uh, just contrast in that it, it's making me laugh in my head very <laughs> Peyton's, Peyton's eyes just light up and like like beam him to hell if he sucks. Like, like the, the Peyton statue comes to life, like in Harry Potter and just like <laughs> w- leaves him out, just like locks him out of the building. <laughs> oh God. I can't wait for this to actually happen. <laughs> uh, me oh, too. I, I I'm rooting for it at this point. <laughs> well, to number six now, and I'm going to do the sound again because I have a bombshell here. All right, there it is. I've got the Detroit lions trading back 
And this is a hat tip to our man, Connor Lilly, who said he wants to see this happen. He wants to see them drop back in the draft. So I've got them swapping six with number 14 for the New England Patriots. I, I don't know the details of the what, what, what that trade might entail. Probably other picks or maybe a player or two. That's not important. What is important is the Patriots are trading up to draft Anthony Richardson at number six from Florida because Lord knows Mac Jones is not the answer. And this just this team just needs a reset, man. They've been in just kind of that limbo ever since Tom Brady left. No real identity. This provides them an opportunity to take a quarterback with a hell of a lot of potential and a hell of a lot of upside. Somebody who could probably use the combine better than any other prospect, at least on the offensive side of the ball. And you know, it's just, it's a home run swing. And this is a team that has not taken a home run swing in a long, long time because they haven't had to. Now they have to. And Connor, here's your trade. Detroit dropping down. This is what this is what uh, this is what you wanted. So here it is. And I just I, this would be this would be really cool. I hope I'm hoping I'm speaking this into existence. I'm probably not, but this is what I'm going with. Yeah, I mean, it certainly would be interesting. And New England is one of those teams uh, that that would be a candidate to trade up if they are truly uh, as uh, disenfranchised with with uh, Mac Jones as reports say. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get mine out of the way before we talk about that. Uh, I've got Tyree Wilson here. Just, I have Detroit going best player available going along to Dan Campbell offensive line, uh, lining up basically opposite of Aiden Hutchinson would be one of the nastiest pass rushes in the NFL for the next couple of years. Um, while, while they have them under rookie contract, uh, I, I would, I think Connor, if they stick there, would be thrilled with a guy like Jalen Carter or Tyree Wilson, which I would say whichever one lands there, um, they would be happy to add to their D-line. Um, but talking about Anthony Richardson there, uh, that, that would be quite a contrast for for the Patriots, to say the least, at quarterback, because they haven't had anyone remotely that style. You know, that they had Jacoby Brissett, uh, you know, for a year. He added a little bit of an element, but they have had nothing but statuesque pocket pure passers um, since, I mean, literally since there has been a two in the thousands place of the year, they have had that type of quarterback with the exception of the Jacoby Brissett year. Um, so it, it would be a big shakeup. And honestly, I like it because I think that's what they need. It feels like New England has got very, very stale um not just not bad necessarily they won some games they have an okay roster but it has gotten so stale I think folks have realized what Tom Brady meant uh and may maybe who was the primary uh component of them winning between him and Belichick and this would be something for Belichick to go ahead and say all right I'm gonna go prove myself and I'm gonna develop Anthony Richardson and if you can develop him he's the best quarterback in this class you know, I just wonder at what point do you start thinking about post Bill Belichick life if you're Robert Kraft in this front office? You know, it, 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 we're seeing that Tom Brady was the impetus, and they've been just another team for the last, I, I would say, three years. Uh, so, just th this this is the first opportunity. We saw this a couple of years ago when the Bears kind of trading up to to take Justin Fields when I, you know, I didn't expect it to happen. So th this is. This is the kind of that trade 2.0 yeah. for, for me, a big, a big risk with a lot of upside for, for a team that, that just desperately needs it. I think. Yeah, it, it would definitely be a, an infusion of it, it, You'll get your naysayers there for sure. And I understand it because Anthony Richardson is um, 
he is I, the definition of raw. Um, we've never seen anybody with his completion percentage in college increase it to where it needs to be in the NFL before. Um, so it, it, it is certainly um, it, it, it's, it's certainly a tall task, but in the same breath, we've also never seen a quarterback prospect with his measurables and his, his test scores on from the combine before. So there's the first time for everything. And we're coming across those more and more now as you know, the sports science gets better, the way to train, get better. Uh, the coaches get better. So uh, it's certainly possible that a team can turn Anthony Richardson into uh, what his body suggests he can be. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm trying to think of a comparison for him uh, just my, in it from the last my, few my, years. My comparison, the closest I think you can get is Cam Newton. Um, yeah. But, Josh but Allen Cam, is another one I've heard. Cam is just a better uh, thrower than, than Anthony Richardson. Josh Allen is, better in every regard i think than anthony richardson i think anthony richardson's closest comparison and this isn't even me being a homer uh i think it's joe milton at tennessee unfortunately anthony richardson precedes him uh in the draft but um they're both just humongous players with absolute cannon arms uh who have issues with accuracy they can both run um they're, they're both very similar players and joe milton's the only guy that i can think of when i'm trying to come up with a really really good comparison to Anthony Richardson, just in terms of, have I ever seen this before ever? Not just in the NFL, ever. Um, and I, I guess Cam Newton's the closest thing I've seen in the NFL. Yeah, and Cam Newton, the uh, the, for, the former Patriot, of course, as everybody remembers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The best halfback they've had there in a while. <laughs> Since Curtis Martin, maybe. I'm back. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. Um, back streaming and Fortnite, you, and you had sorry you had you had who here uh tyree, tyree. Wilson. okay yep tyree wilson here to detroit to detroit by the way to detroit to detroit detroit rock city uh it moves us on to number seven uh i've got i think we both have corners here i've got devin witherspoon out of illinois who um him and him and christian gonzalez were kind of the top two in this very very deep uh cornerback slash defensive back draft um, this is this is another case I think of just best player available that fills of course fills a need. Uh, if you the Raiders have a lot of needs, uh, we we they 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 think they filled a need at quarterback with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. I expect them to still go after a quarterback in this draft, just not this early. Uh, it's it's going to be going to be a defender, and uh, it's, Witherspoon was uh, you know he's the top prospect, and this is the top chance for a corner to go after the first six teams get out of the way. Uh, so it, out out of Illinois, which is not a school that you think of for uh lockdown corners you know you think more offensive linemen and fullbacks and running backs out of the big 10 but but here we are yeah i don't think of anybody when i think of illinois i'm just being honest <laughs> with you, yeah, um, no, you know. <laughs> richard mendenhall is who i think of yeah that's uh, it the, the juice um i've got christian gonzalez here he's the best corner in this draft um which i can make an argument is why the raiders will not pick him and they'll pick someone else um uh, he's just uh I've watched a lot of tape on corners, especially in this draft, but just historically, um, not, I, I can't think of many that move with his fluidity and that, that it's just, it jumps off the page. He doesn't have square movements. Everything is rounded and smooth and it, it's just so crisp and clean. Um, 
it has nothing to do with how you can read an offense and, you know, jump a route, but just as far as the, the, the bare bones technical aspect of it, Christian Gonzalez is the best guy in this drafted corner. That's why I have, I have him here, but there there's, I mean, there's six or seven corners that probably go in this first round um, and they're mostly comparable to each other. So I, I think at the end of the day, it's just going to be who do the Raiders like, but I think we both agree that they're going to go corner. Um, I would say unless a, a, a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud is still here. Also probably not that big a deal, but a little more of a geographical fit with the Oregon Pac-12. Sure. Um, you'd probably get a little bit better of a look at them if, if they're a little bit closer. Um, just, yeah, they just, just, and, and Oregon, just a better football pedigree than, than Illinois. Right. Play, so played against better passing teams as well. Um, Devin Witherspoon, of course, plays against Ohio state, um, but big 10, not known for passing at all. So uh, you, it, it's, it's not a knock on Devin Witherspoon, but it's just a variable you have to factor in that we haven't really seen him play against, High octane offenses very often. No, definitely not. <laughs> the the run the run games of uh, of teams like Nebraska and Iowa and and uh, you know, Penn State and such such, such as that. Wisconsin, Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never trying. I'm never going to do a Midwest accent again. That's not one of my stronger ones. But um, to number eight, Atlanta. Um, I've got Tyree Wilson going here. I think I mentioned on the the previous show that they they need an edge rusher. Um, I, I got them taking an edge rusher. Um, I did, this is, this is another pretty simple puzzle piece of a filling a need and, and a best player available, um, te- yeah, out of Texas tech. Uh, that's, that's a, that's a league where there's a lot of quarterback dropbacks. So, you know, he's had a lot of opportunities, uh, to, to rush against those big 12 offensive lines. So uh, thinking about it in terms of playing against quarterbacks, like Derek Carr, who's going to stand there in the pocket and, and against a rookie quarterback, like probably a Bryce Young or, and then, and then Baker Mayfield or whoever Tampa Bay ends up with uh, when they play against Atlanta, this is a division with some quarterbacks that are ripe for the picking. So I think, uh, I think Atlanta is going to get a, a good one here. Yeah. If Wilson is still there, I think that's who they go. Um, I'm anticipating him being gone and I have got uh, a match made in heaven for Falcons fans. Uh, I have got the Georgia Bulldog Nolan Smith uh, going there who going into the season was arguably the, the number one overall pick outside of quarterbacks, um, you know, preseason, he gets hurt. Uh, they, they do really well with Adam. So he kind of gets forgotten, but uh, he tested off the charts. Uh, his 40 time was blazing fast. He just a, a really, really good prospect. And, you know, I agree with you. They had to address some defensive line uh, stuff. He's going to get to come in whoever it is and learn from Calais Campbell, which you cannot uh, uh, under, you know, undervalue. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, a dog winds up in Atlanta. Yeah. And full disclosure, I did not have Nolan Smith in my first round the, 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 the injury from this past year just gives me a little bit of pause. So I just, I was not able to squeeze him in. So I apologize to dogs fans for that. Just full disclosure for the rest of the show, but that would, that would be an ideal pick too. Uh, that, that would, that would maybe make some Georgia fans actually interested in the Falcons, because why would you be interested in a mediocre NFL team when your college team has won two straight national championships? Just had to get that in by the way. Um, but, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't, and the Falcons have been criticized over the years for not taking local players. I mean, this is something I've heard dog fans complain about, and this would be an opportunity for them to kind of change that. And it is going to come down to how teams 
look at his injury this year and what they think it's going to to do in the future. And I, I just that that was the what had me leaving him out of this first round. Uh, but but definitely definitely a high potential for a pick there. Um, really, it would that would be knocking it out of the park or out of the out of the bends. I guess that stadium that's like looks like looks like I don't even know what it looks like giant spaceship or something. It's just a big bubble. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, much. he he ran a four three nine at the combine. I have no issues with his injury. He's I I, I think he's fine. See, wouldn't um, wouldn't it wouldn't four point two zero be blazing speed? I I mean, for a wide receiver, yes, but okay. uh, you know, for uh Henry Ruggs, it's about one hundred four. Um, <laughs> but Henry knows. Uh, I, I I do not think the NFL is going to fuck up on a Georgia defender again, like they did with Quay Walker last year. Um, so uh, uh, I think he's a high draft pick and Atlanta will uh, mess up their drawers. If he lay, if he makes it to number nine to them, I, I don't really see him going anywhere else, but he's a, his combine did enough. Uh, I mean, he, he was the best, the, he was the best edge as far as testing goes at, at the combine period. Um, yeah. So, we'll see how much they value that. And like you said, how much they value just ha- not, not, not that you're placating your fans, but br- bringing in a, a local player guy is from Savannah. Like he, he didn't just come to Georgia. He's from Georgia. Um, so bringing in a local kid uh, can sometimes just give your locker room a little bit of something extra. If you have those kind of guys there, it can go take them home, go see the family. Don't have the travel. You know, there's just those little things add up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, number nine. Hey, Peter, what's happening? Hey, Peter Skaronsky yeah. out of Northwestern, the local kid. We both have him going to the Chicago Bears. Um, pre- pretty, pretty easy, not rocket science pick here. Uh, we've both been saying that they need to shore up that O-line to protect the, the best running back in the league, Justin Fields. Um, and, and this is the guy yep. who is going to do it. This is, <laughs> it's, it's weird that I, I didn't have Georgia taking a local guy or the Falcons taking a local Georgia guy in the last pick. But now I do here have a Northwestern guy going to the bears. And, uh, and it's just, it was just too, too easy for me to, to not do. I don't know a ton about the guy. I just know he's a big 10 offensive lineman and that the bears have constantly needed help on their offensive line since like 2006. So, so this one was pretty easy. He He's a mauler. He's, uh, the the best pure tackle in this draft. If you need it, uh, if you need him to have some positional flexibility, he's not your guy. If you just need a tackle, boom, Peter Skaronski. Like you said, that's who I have as well. Um, well, we talked about what their what their needs were: defensive line, edge, tackle, and center. Um, I I think that if uh, Jalen Carter or Tyree Wilson falls here, they they go with him instead. But um, as our boards lay out, and just kind of as a lot of the um, you know, consensus believes out there. Uh, both of those guys will be gone, and uh, go go get the best offensive lineman if if the best defensive linemen are gone. You don't need to reach on defensive linemen just because you need defensive linemen. And being named Peter, you know, he just seems like a straight shooter with upper management written all over him after his playing career. Yeah, he's he's going to slot in. He's going to be there. Uh, he might be there 15 minutes late. Um, and he doesn't get paid a dime more, no matter how many games they win or lose. But he's he he's consistent. That's what we can say. About <laughs> oh man, that was that was that was my favorite one so far. Uh, <laughs> to the Philadelphia Eagles at number ten, and 
man, this is a team that has a lot of options. Uh, they're flexible. They've got multiple first round picks um, and they don't have a lot of holes. Um, so I'm, 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 I've got them actually taking a little, a little bit of a risky pick, I think here. Uh, but, but somebody who I think if he pans out could, could be really, really good. And that's Broderick Jones out of Georgia. Uh, he's listed as a, as a tackle. He can kick into guard. He, he, it seems like that whenever, whoever drafts him is going to kind of move him around a little bit uh, and, and see where he sticks as a rookie, but didn't allow a sack as, as uh, this season at Georgia and the, the Eagles are known for their offensive line. You know, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, those are the two rocks there. Lost Isaac Sayumala at right guard. So that's a potential spot for Broderick Jones to slide in. Uh, and and he can also play left guard, left tackle. It really doesn't matter. The Eagles have always prioritized versatile offensive linemen anyway, and, and guys who can get out in front and pull and maul. And Broderick Jones blocking for that Georgia rushing offense this year. And for Stetson Bennett, I mean, who ended up carrying the ball on probably half the plays anyway. He's just already used to that. And I think he's going to fit right in, in this offensive scheme. Again, a little bit of a reach here, I think, but somebody that, that is a perfect, perfect player for the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a hell of a player and the Eagles certainly, uh, certainly like drafting sec players. You think of if you, if you include Jalen hurts in there, which Alabama fans will, um, uh, a lot of, a lot of their skill players are sec guys. Um, not, not that he would be uh, a skill player, but um, that they certainly prefer. I want to say the tried and true players out of the SEC, even though it might not be the most efficient value-wise, all that matters is how they play for you on Sunday. Um, doesn't matter if you pick them 10 spots too high or too low. It really doesn't matter. Uh, just go get who your guy is. And if Broderick Jones is that guy, uh, Broderick Jones is that guy. I've got them going the other side of the ball and filling in uh some of their secondary issues uh just with a you know Darius Slay uh is is gonna he's he's gonna hit the road here in, in, in a year or two really um so I've got Devin Witherspoon going here to the Eagles uh them getting kind of their corner of the future to start rebuilding that defense since their offense is really fairly tuned um yeah that there's the Eagles are one of those teams that just have luxury picks pretty much though. Cause they, they have all the important stuff. Now they're just filling in um, with uh, again, best player available. You don't, you don't see a team like the Eagles picking up here uh, a whole lot because most of the time they don't have a second pick uh, up here that someone has traded to them this high. Um, but here they are that they, they have a high luxury pick that they, they might not even go with a need that this is one of those spots that, you know, if you're just if you're just feeling froggy, Bijan Robinson here makes sense. Yeah, and Howie Roseman, I think, is the MVP of GMs. He at least has been over the last five years or so with his impossibly, impossibly Jewish name and 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 roster building skills. Man, he's just he's just, he makes us proud. Man, he he makes me proud to, to be part of the tribe. But but he also makes me sad because the Eagles are are good. Um, yeah, man, it's just the. the you nailed it, man. This, this, this team has a lot of options and not a lot of needs and, and luxury, luxury is where it's at with, with this team right now. The one luxury they wish they did have was the Super Bowl ring that slipped out of their hands uh, back in February. But you know, that to, to go to the Super Bowl and then be picking 10th, like I'll, I'll take that every year <laughs> to, to go to the Super Bowl and then be picking 10th and have another first round pick after that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fucking fuck you. Howie Roseman, <laughs> how, how he does it. I don't know. 
<laughs> he, he rose to the he rose to the occasion, man. That's all I can say. <laughs> he he sure he sure did. He scrapes all the rosin from the bowl. Um, <laughs> I, I we both uh, have the same guy here for this second uh, for this next pick pick eleven to the Tennessee Titans. Um, honestly, it's been the most common name linked to the Titans outside of uh, them possibly trading up to go get a quarterback. Um, as of right now, I don't know. I have no indication that Tennessee is actually going to trade up for a quarterback, but um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're the team that maybe trades with the Texans. You don't see uh, divisional trades like that often at all, especially at the top of the draft, but um, it's something that could happen. We both have Paris Johnson uh, offensive tackle going here just address the, you know, re- really the second big need in the, in the room. I, their whole offense is the elephant in the room, but uh, O-line is where it all starts to me. You've heard me laud on about O-line and, you know, shows prior. And Paris Johnson is just another one of those pure tackles. Um, he, 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 is, he is what he is. There's nothing fancy about him. He is a road grader. So uh, if, if you want to protect Tanny Hill or whoever your, you know, theoretical next quarterback is, this is the guy, especially with the pass rush that you have uh, in the division from the Colts and the Jaguars right now. Taylor Lewan no longer that's that rock on the left side of the line uh, they also lost Nate Davis too to the Chicago Bears in free yep. agency it'll be a new look offensive line in Tennessee next year and uh, their right tackle is Nicholas Pettit Frere who was a former teammate of Paris Johnson's at Ohio State so you can get the Buckeye bookends there on the O-line and Paris and then the guy with a super French last name that just that just works too uh, Pettit, Pettit Frere of Haitian I- descent like I like that moniker, the Buckeye bookends. The Buckeye that's bookends, man. That literally just came to me. I did not. It just came to me cool. while we were talking about this. So don't <laughs> say I never did nothing for you, Ohio State. Co- copyrighted. I wanted. A, I want a quarter every time someone says it. A quarter, like the money, or I, I, I don't, I don't know what Joe, uh, Jonah Jameson Jr. was referencing in that <laughs> Spider-Man uh, quote, but um, could have been either. All I know is he wants a quarter every time someone says it. <laughs> Uh, we stuck a Marvel reference in there. Our first, our first one in two years, probably. Probably. Uh, <laughs> well, Houston, number twelve, another team with two picks. Um, I've got them going edge here. Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. Uh, this, this was. I, I, I kind of went back and forth here uh, with with other edge rushers, but I, I, I don't know, man. It's just, it, it just. I sort of played any, meeny, miny, mo because I know that's that's something that they need. That's the next signature defensive player that the Texans get Derek Stingley Jr. when healthy was outstanding last year and he's a guy they reached up to grab at cornerback and and I think he's going to be really really good they need to do that again this year with a defense another defensive player at a different position group and and I think getting that edge rusher is going to be the move for the Texans here with their their second pick um, of this first round not to be confused with the number two pick but you know I think there's also trade potential here Houston could could drop back um, if they don't end up trading that number two pick, they definitely could probably do something with this 12 pick, depending on who's been drafted and who's still possibly thirsty for a quarterback or or whatnot. But what I did have them going with is just the, the edge rusher filling a need. You know, as I look at this, and it's something that kind of came across my mind last night, um, the Texans here with, I, uh, I want to recap their draft picks. They have the number two pick, the number 12 pick, a second round pick, two thirds, a fourth, a fifth, three sixths, and two sevenths. And I, I think they could probably um, package this 12 and a couple other picks 
um, and move up again and maybe go get, uh, you know, exactly, exactly what you're talking about, that defensive lineman. Because Lucas Van Ness is, is really good, and him and Miles um, Murphy, I think, are the, the next tier of pass rushers. But they are certainly, to me, not in the same category as, uh, you know, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, and Tyree Wilson along the D-line. Um, so I, I like what you I like you bringing up the Texans trading. I don't know if they trade back. I don't I just don't see an accumulation of picks being beneficial for them with all that they have. But I could certainly see a trade up um, and that might happen if they stay here. I personally think if they do what I, what we both pick at number two, they'll go grab Jackson Smith and Jigba, give uh, give CJ Shroud that comfort player. They lose Brandon Cooks, bring a guy in who fills a similar role. Uh, and it's going to be your comfort player, kind of the Travis Etienne for for Trevor Lawrence, you know, the Devonta Smith and Jalen Hurts, the, you know, um, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. It's happening all over the league now where they're starting to pair up these players who played in college, ease those transitions, already have some chemistry uh, and start to build the culture from those, you know, the, the, the big powerhouse schools, the Ohio State, Bama, Clemson and those in uh, those references. So. Um, I think if the if the Texans stand pat here, I w- I could see them going Jackson Jackson Smith and Jigba. Not that I think he's absolutely the best, or that he's even necessarily worth it at twelve. But it's a wide receiver heavy league now. You have to have a wide receiver, and you have to have one that's on the same page as your quarterback. So that's that's what I see Houston doing if they stay here and take Shroud at two. Yeah, I think that would have potential to be be the next big combo in the league. Um, you know, don't, don't forget Dwayne Haskins, RIP and Terry McLaurin, uh, which uh, Washington yep. tried to do with, with limited success in 2019 and 2020. Uh, but, but I mean, can't, I, I've just learned, you really can't go wrong with Ohio state wide receivers. Like, I mean, McLaurin, Curtis Samuels, um, or Samuel, excuse me, <laughs> just to name a couple. I, I'm well, sure if you, if you gave Paris, me more Paris time, Campbell's could... not doing great. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I mean, every, every school that outputs a lot of talent like that is going to have some that just fall flat. It's it's not an yeah. indictment. It's just yeah. the, the what what happens in statistics. Everyone has a Reuben Foster, <laughs> yeah, who was uh, a, a Redskin for like what two months and didn't even play for us. A- anyway, Rotad. <laughs> anyway, so you may have heard the news by the way by, by now about a certain quarterback uh, being traded to a certain team. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers, of course, and the New York Jets. That became finalized, I think, two days ago, maybe a day ago. It doesn't matter. It's a thing now. Aaron Rodgers is now the Jets quarterback. And part of that was the Packers and Jets swapping first-round picks. Uh, So Green Bay now has the 13th pick. And I've got them going with another no-brainer pick. They lost Robert Tunyon to the Bears. Um, He was a big part of their offense. (laughs) They're going to replace him with Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. Um, another, you know, blue collar type tight end, good blocker, good pass catcher, just kind of that all around solid player, you know, big 10 territory, not a, not, not a, not a long way for him to go. Tunyon was from Indiana state, by the way. So it's, it's the same state, but this is a guy who's been linked to this team for, you know, a lot of this pre-draft process. And if he's there, which he should be, I think this is one of the easier picks of, of this first round for the Packers. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the first first round pick for the Packers is post Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I'm I'm kind of uh, sadistically hoping it's a receiver, just kind of as like the final how you do to Aaron Rodgers on his way out the door. Uh, they draft a a receiver in the first round. Um, I don't know that there's going to be any good there. I don't have them picking one either, 
Uh, I've got Joey Porter Jr. I, I have them, you know, shoring up some of their defensive back uh, field with what you could argue is the best uh, cover corner in this draft. Um, but Michael Mayer certainly, uh, I mean, you could already see him in a Packers uniform because he he fits so well just in that franchise. So um, may, maybe a little early for him, but again, go get your guys. Um, he He's going to be a phenomenal pick. And between him and Dalton Kincaid, he is certainly the better uh, combo tight end. Dalton Kincaid's better receiving tight end purely, but uh, Michael Mayer can run block too, which is going to be really important if you're going to have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon on the same squad for much longer. And he's a guy you can just you can just see this guy doing the Lambo leap after he scores. It, it, it's it's just a subconscious thing with uh with with guys who play for the Packers. You see them do the Lambo leap, and you're like, all right, he belongs here. And I, I'm envisioning like I don't know, week two, three, four, Michael Mayer gets his first touchdown and does his first Lambo leap, and then I'm gonna come back to this and be like, yeah, it, it does feel as about as as right as it I, I said it was. Yeah, I mean, he just look he he looks like he should be playing with Aaron Rodgers. It's just as sad as it is that he's not going to be if he goes here. Uh, he he just looks like an Aaron Rodgers tight end to me. I don't know. If I mean, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it, Robert Tunyon two point baby. <laughs> he 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 is very similar to Robert Tunyon. <laughs> so we both we both have him there at thirteen. I've got um, Joey Porter Jr. at thirteen. Oh right, sorry, Michael you have Joey Porter Jr. Um, uh, more on Joey Porter Jr. in a little bit from me. Uh, Hit, hit. Um, so on to 14. This would be New England for Alex and Detroit for me. I have Jackson Smith and Jigma going to Detroit uh, in another kind of best player available slash Detroit also has another first round pick coming up so they can be a little bit funky with it here. And uh, Connor, I'm really interested in your your opinion on this. See if a, a Buckeye falls to uh, to the uh, to the Lions. Uh, but him, him and Jamison Williams, who I know is going to be out for the first six uh, six games of the season. Uh, barring you know his suspension being appealed or whatever um they i mean this is this is part of the grand plan for the lions right trading down that pick and just building up that offense even more which i think that offense could be one of the more explosive ones in the in the league this year and i I would just i would see i would think it would be really cool if this ended up to be after that they trade their their sixth number six pick yeah it would be an interesting landing spot for sure um wide receiver not a particular need but it kind of is um it, it just depends on where the lions see themselves in the grand scheme of uh, of the the dan campbell build if if they're looking to win this year maybe capitalize on um you know the this might be the last year that the vikings are really competitive don't know what kirk cousins is going to do uh still a, a ways off before uh i think the bears are really competitive and you just you just had the the thorn in your side in the division leave last night and Aaron Rodgers, so the Packers are ripe for the pick. And if they decide they want to go win now, Jackson Smith and Jigba is probably a good a good piece. Uh, you know, rookie wide receivers I feel like translate a lot quicker than most any other position. Um, so if you want to go win right now, Jackson Smith and Jigba could could definitely be a, a way to go if if Detroit's picking in that range. I, I have the Patriots still here at this pick, um, and I've got them taking Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle out of Tennessee. Um, they like him a lot. They have multiple vacancies on their O-line where he could fit. Um, he, he can play guard. He can play right tackle. Um, and is, you know, th- there's a couple of guys you could argue is just the best offensive lineman in this draft, and his, his name is in, in that hat. 
Uh, I <laughs> call it a homer in me. Believe me, the homer in me would not have him going to the Patriots, but I, I think it's just one of those. He, he just kind of feels Patriot-y to me. I, I, I don't know why I can't put my finger on it, but he just looks like he'd be wearing a Patriots uniform uh, on, on his uh, Panini Prism rookie card. <laughs> it's almost the opposite of Anthony Richardson, who would be such a, a reach in a Patriots uniform that I just, I had to go for that one. But that's, yeah. that's also the other side of the, the spectrum, the safe pick, you're kind of the Bella, the Belichickian pick, if you will. <laughs> yeah, I it's... The, the Patriots are in such this weird limbo. Um, it just depends on how much they are. Are they ready to give up on Mac? Are they re- ready to give up on Bailey Zappi? Um, or do they want to maybe try to put an actual fucking offense around them and see if they're actually any good? <laughs> or, or are they just going to have Jacoby Myers be the best receiver that any of them threw to with a subpar O-line, a couple of, you know, offshoot tight ends, a random running backer three here or there, you know, maybe they should just try turning it off and back on again, starting over uh, and, and don't blame the quarterbacks immediately. Not that they're not the problem, but there's, there's more problems in new England than just quarterbacks. Yeah. Way, 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 way more problems than just (laughs) quarterbacks. Um, So for number four, that's 14. Number 15. Well, I mean, that's a good segue for me because I have Darno right to the Jets in the old Packers number 15 slot. Um, we know every we know all about this Packers or excuse me, this Jets defense, right? They got the sauce. They have, they've got Robert Sala running things. And that that is going to be their calling card this year. I'm thinking back to, to Washington <laughs> a year ago. You know, you're pretty set there. Now they need to go to work on that offense around Aaron Rodgers and, and pulling in a stud offensive lineman who could start right away at tackle and in pass protection. That's a no brainer right there to me. You know, they've got a stud young receiver in Garrett Wilson, and this is a team that's ready to pardon the pun take off. But if they don't cover these little bases that, you know, the cracks that things can slip through like the offensive line, then it's not going to matter that Aaron Rodgers is there. They're not going to, not going to go anywhere, but if they do, there's a lot of potential here. And that's why I think they're going to take Darnell Wright. Yeah. And I, I like O-line for them. Darnell Wright's great here. I have Roger Jones only because Darnell Wright's went off my board. I think you can flip flop Darnell Wright and Broderick Jones pretty much in any scenario on any team, which they go. I think they're very similar. They're both extremely good offensive linemen. Um, so I, I have them kind of flip flopped here uh, or you could flip flop them. I've got Broderick Jones, a lot of the same reasons you just said. Plus, you, you don't you don't know how long Aaron Rodgers is going to be in New York. You, you really don't. Even if he signs the contract, you have no idea how long he's going to be there. What you do know is whether he's there or not, you need an offensive lineman for whatever quarterback is standing behind them. Um, and that this is this is a really good draft. And but because of the runs on some other positions, uh, O line in the middle of the in the middle of the round is an extremely good value. Uh, in, in previous years, we would have seen Broderick Jones and, you know, Darnell Wright going in the top 10. Now we're talking about them here in the middle of the round. Uh, I think it's fantastic value if you can take them. Plus, they're, they're just really good players. So, you know, p- pick your poison with either one of them. I think you're happy in New York. It's not sexy, but uh, I think you added enough of that that you just need to go fill. Like you said, all the, all the cracks, make sure there's nothing 
uh, that derails your season after all the investment you've put into bringing in Aaron Rodgers and, um, you know, uh, developing your defense. And I, I think this could be a year that the Jets go from middle of the pack to push the, the Bills for that division. And I don't think it matters what they pick here either uh, for that to happen, but it's just kind of a, a they kind of have a luxury pick type of roster. Yeah, and if you can make it there, you can make it practically anywhere. It's up to you. New York, New York, New York. A little tribute uh, to the namesake of our studios, who was a big Sinatra fan, at the midway point here in this mock draft. I heard, I've heard today um, that uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba is who the Jets want if he can get there so that they can package him or pair him back up um, with uh, – oh, my God, he's – the receiver, Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. The, the, the G was in there. I'm like, what is it? <laughs> um, but that former teammates at Ohio State, they pair, pair them back up. Again, this idea of pairing college teammates, it, it, it's not just theory. It's it's being put into practice, and I think it's working. And I think and I we're going to see that a little bit more going forward. I wish it had worked for the Redskins when Steve Spurrier was their coach, and it was literally just every Florida player from, like, the last four years was was on the team, and, and they sucked, as you might expect. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Steve was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> he just celebrated a birthday, by the way. So happy belated birthday to, to the head ball coach. Number 78, number 78. Two of those were spent wrecking my favorite favorite NFL team. But anyway. Uh, a lot of those were spent wrecking my favorite college football team. <laughs> <laughs> we are at number 16. They are uh, there are only 31 picks in this draft because the Dolphins forfeited theirs. So this is the midway point. And it is the Washington Commanders. Uh, this is this is a place where our fans don't like to be. They don't like to be in the middle of the draft. Um, they'd rather be higher at the top. Heard a lot of talk about potentially trading down. Um, and I, I, I spent a long time just playing musical chairs with who I think we were going to go with. Um, I, I, I was going to go with Deontay Banks, the local corner out of Maryland. Had a last minute change of heart. I think it's going to be Joey Porter Jr. Uh, we're going to steal him from under the Pittsburgh's nose. So he can't go back to where his daddy played. Uh, he's going to be a commander instead. Um, also, the, the the Penn State pipeline, don't hate that either with Jahan Dotson. Uh, I know they don't play on the same side of the ball, but big physical corner, six foot two. That's what we need. We don't have, you know, we, we've got Benjamin St. Juiced, who is a similar type, versatile corner, can play either man or zone. We play what's kind of like a matchup zone in basketball. Uh, and, and Joey Porter's versatility can lend himself to that. Um, and, and I think he's, you know, Witherspoon's not going to be on, be on, on the, uh, on the board. So I, I just think this is a guy that's been linked to us for a long time and, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. There's usually a good reason for it. So it, it, it would just be, if, if he's there, I think, I think we've got to nab him. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say that from, I said that about pretty much any, any team uh, starting with the, with the commanders. If Joey Porter Jr. is there and you need a corner, uh, t- take him. Now, um, I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised to see us trade down. We do that a lot. Rarely do the does the Washington franchise do what most people expect. And this is what most people expect. But it's just, like you said, just it, it, it's too good to pass up. Well, what I expect is the commanders to want a quarterback. There has been a lot of talk around, do they want Hendon Hooker? This is too high for Hendon Hooker, in my opinion. So the trade back scenario, I could see that happening. Trade back towards the, you know, the the end of the first round, still keep that fifth year option. Um, 
I just I, I've heard heard him visiting. I don't know anything else past that. Just they're interested. He's been visiting. Um, you know that type of thing. Who I have here, just based on my board, I feel like there's always that guy who who drops a little bit at, off of his hype. And uh, I've got the Commanders taking without having to trade, without having to do anything. I have them taking Anthony Richardson at 16 and giving Ron Rivera another familiar style quarterback. He was Cam Newton's quarterback and. Uh, here we have Anthony Richardson possibly land right in his lap. Um, now there's a pretty good chance that a team at, before this happens is traded up to take Anthony Richardson before 16 rolls around. I acknowledge that. I get that. I didn't put any trades in here just because they're so fucking random. Uh, Luke's Luke put his in here very smartly. It was something that Connor wanted to see. And there was a very logical trade partner. It, Luke's trade made a lot of sense. I didn't have any reason to put trades into mine. Um, so take take that into consideration here. But the way that I have it laying out, I don't see anybody except for maybe the Raiders after the Colts who would take a quarterback. Um, uh, I mean, unless the Texans do nothing at two and take a quarterback at 12, that's always a possibility. Um, but just the way I have it breaking out, Anthony Richardson has a little bit of a slide because of his – accuracy issues and everything else uh included in drafting a quarterback um not to say he's bad but that's just where i have him landing uh, dude i'm all for it man like i would be all for it if it happened like <laughs> I, this the, the possibilities sure. dude, just the just the, the upside the ceiling that guy's got and, yeah. and it would be it would be a shot in the arm <laughs> um you know, not to say I wouldn't, I'm not excited about seeing what Sam Howell's got or potentially what Jacoby Brissett's got, depending on who wins the starting job in the offseason. But that's that home run swing that this franchise needs. Uh, and, and yeah, man, I, I now while there's maybe a 1% chance ha- of it happening in my mind, that if that 1% chance does come to fruition, I, you'll know because I'll be screaming so loud, you'll be able to hear me all the way over there. The, the thing is, I think just as we've gotten down to it, uh, how Will Levis keeps creeping up, I don't know. But it seems like everyone is coming to grips. This is just not quite the quarterback class that everyone thought it was going to be last year. Um, it's just not quite as good. It doesn't have the oomph that you hope. And, of course, everyone, every year, they're always looking forward to the next class, next class, next class. But it seems like there are some quarterback needy teams that are already saying, all right, just going to, you know, take the L on this one and see if we can't get Caleb Williams or Drake may or Bo Nix or whoever next year um, and, and fill out the rest of our roster. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Raiders do that because they, they brought in Jimmy G. So it's not going to surprise me if they don't take a quarterback. I think their favorite is Will Levis. Uh, that makes a lot of sense actually. Um, but that just doesn't seem to be a lot of landing places. Uh, I can see maybe Seattle trading up ahead of this to just go get their guy if Anthony Richardson falls. Like I said, I would expect there to be phone calls and a trade happen before he got to 16, but we've seen weirder things, and I, I'm just playing it as my mock plays out without without trades, and that that's that's what I see. That's what I, are there other teams that could trade up? Sure, the, the Vikings would be probably dumb not to trade up if uh, if Anthony Richardson makes it past 10. They'd be really dumb. The, the Titans would probably be dumb not to take Anthony Richardson, um, but who knows what they're doing. They might trade up and go get CJ Stroud. Texans take nobody. It's impossible to predict everything. Um, and I, I just think this is a good landing spot for him. It, it's not overreaching. 
no, no, nobody has to unnecessarily take the risk on Anthony Richardson in the top five uh, where he should not be going. Um, so I, I, I just think it's a logical place if we just kind of have a little bit of a vanilla draft. Everyone always expects a whole lot of trades, and the last couple of years have just not been very trade-heavy. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we, we, so let it be known, both of us have at least one trade going down in, uh, in this first round. I don't know if, I don't know if we had it, either of us had that last year. So, um, uh, breaking uh, new honestly, uh, honestly, this is the first year as a Jaguars fan I've had to actually look past the first round and for <laughs> the, the first pick in the first round. So it, <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of fun learning all these players and the different scenarios. I'm not, I know some of these words. <laughs> Normally we just get to pick whoever the fuck we want in the draft. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, what what are what are your so I know you said you'd be happy, but what are your thoughts about Anthony Richardson as an actual prospect? Uh, I think that he's one of those players that would need to be molded into an NFL style offense, and I think Eric Bieniemy is a guy that could do that. I, I mean, we saw what he and Andy Reid did to develop Patrick Mahomes, uh, who sat hit for his first year. You know, if we drafted Anthony Richardson, I absolutely do not think he'd see the field his first year. Uh, except in case of like both guys in front of him getting their seasons ended with injuries. Um, so he, you know, he's, he's raw. That's a word get, that gets thrown around a lot. He, he's, you know, a developmental type player. He, he's the guy that would definitely need to sit behind a starter, even if that is Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett or a guy that, you know, isn't going to be there very long. Um, but, but at the same time, I think he'll be given a chance to compete. You know, he'll, he'll, he, they won't just be like, all right, sit and hold a clipboard. He, he'll be given the chance to compete, but I think when, if he tries to win a job, he won't be a week one starter. I, I in it agreed, and you know it, it might take some injuries or a long losing streak for whoever whoever drafts him to to really be like, okay, it's it's time for us to get a real look at Anthony Richardson. But like I said a couple times previously on this show, he is the quarterback with the highest upside in this draft. Yep, hundred percent agreed there. Um, yeah, it. I just wonder what any team who drafts him, what what their patience level will be with him, because I, it's it's going to be a work in progress. He has the it, legs, but it needs he, to be high. He he is similar in how he plays to Justin Fields, at least how I think he's going to play in the NFL. I think he's going to be a lot of legs, and using that to bail him out of having to make NFL throws, at least for the first couple of years. And if you have the patience that the bears have had with Justin Fields. And you also have the commitment to putting everything else around him, like the bears are doing. Uh, Anthony Richardson is absolutely the, the player for you. If you're trying to win right now or in the next two or three years, and you don't have a really good roster already or decent roster and assets, uh, Anthony Richardson, probably not your guy. So I, I think he makes a lot of sense for commander for the commanders, because I think they have both of those things. They have, good offensive weapons for them. They could, they can add more. They need more, um, but they've got good enough for right now. And I think they've got just, just the way the Eagles are trending, just the way the Cowboys and giants are trending. I think that they should be a little bit more patient and go ahead and etch out a couple of years. I mean, you're going to have to do that for Sam Howell anyway. I don't think he's ready right now. Um, if he is your guy going forward. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see where Anthony Richardson goes. Yeah, so I mean, I would would love to have him in Washington. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, Seventeen Pittsburgh. Uh, well, mention them because Joey Porter Jr. would be going the pick bef before them in in my world. 
Um, but I've also got them going corner. I kind of, this was, this was a little bit embarrassing because, you know, mock drafts a little bit, a little bit, you know, you, you forget about one guy and you're like, Oh, I got, can't have him too low. Well, that's this guy for me, Christian Gonzalez. Uh, Steelers need help in the secondary. That's, that's uh, obvious. Um, you, we saw what they did last year with their offense. Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, one of our favorite wide receivers, by the way. Um, but n- now this is the time to, to look to the other side of the ball. Um, could, I thought about having them go linebacker or edge um, to pair with TJ Watt, but uh, secondary one out for, for me with, with Pittsburgh. And I, maybe this guy should go a little bit higher, but, but at least I have him going now, Christian Gonzalez to the Steelers. Oh man, if he's there, they, I mean, they, they're going to do the opposite of the Vikings and they, they're going to sprint to the podium. Uh, if Christian Gonzalez is still there at 17 for them. Um, I, I've got them building up their, their O-line uh, and doing that in the way of Florida offensive lineman Osiris Torrance. Um, you've heard myself and Luke both talk about uh, him being uh, a possible uh, prospect for either one of our teams. So he's, he's in this range. This is one of those things where I think I just think Pittsburgh needs to start rebuilding that steel curtain on the offensive line um you have a lot of your high draft assets recently there with with Pickens Pickett and Najee Harris their three most recent first uh, first round picks or uh sorry Pickens was uh early second round but um really that their three biggest picks the last two years all on the offensive side of the ball you got to go protect that investment they're always going to have good defense, but um, I mean, if Christian Gonzalez is there, fuck uh, Christian Gonzalez or Joey Porter, I would just say are like slam dunk players for, for Pittsburgh. Cause they, they do still need corner. And guys fall. I mean, guys slip, yep. slip down in the first round a few years ago, Jonathan Allen fell right to Washington at this very spot, 17. So, and look at what he's done. And it, it, we were like, when that happened, I was, or maybe it might've been 19, but either way, I was just like, what the fuck did we do to deserve this? And and we literally sprinted to the podium. It was the shortest first round pick I've ever seen Washington take because Jonathan Allen was just there, like the claw game in Toy Story. He was just there for the fucking taking. And we were like, yeah. we're not missing out on this. I Yeah, just sometimes it lines up. It, well, like, you, like you said, sometimes you get through your mock draft and you're like, oh, fuck, I didn't have this guy. That that happens yeah. during the NFL draft. Yeah, that's the real draft. <laughs> like, that 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 happens. <laughs> they're, they're, they are not computers back there. They have a lot of them, but they're not computers. Um, they have to make decisions on the fly, especially at this area of the draft. They're also receiving trade calls. So there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a player that's bound to fall or a player that's bound to come off the board before anyone expects like I mean I we've both named one wide receiver and rookie wide receivers have been the hot thing in the NFL for the last three years it, it would not surprise me to see a couple of receivers go higher just because they like I said they translate to the NFL the fastest of really any of the position groups um, so at, at any point a different run could happen we could have a run on tight ends a run on o-linemen that just force some guys down it could happen um, and with the number of corners that are in this draft, you know, just because there's a lot of good ones doesn't mean they're all going to go high. That could actually devalue them because there's so many. We could see a lot of them slide for some of the other, uh, you know, thinner positions, uh, position groups in the first round. So um, just just stuff to take into consideration, especially if you're gambling on this stuff. Please consider that. <laughs> <laughs> who would who would ever do that? 
not, I'm not saying consider gambling on it. I'm saying consider the stuff that I said before that. <laughs> well, we're back to eight, back to Detroit in 18. <laughs> this is another one of those teams with multiple picks. And I've, I've got them making a slam dunk here too. Uh, Brian Branch, safety out of Alabama. He's the best safety in the draft. Um, thinking that he'd be, he's my first safety off the board. Um, and just the, the, this is what the flexibility does for you if you're Detroit of having multiple first round picks. And, you know, maybe, maybe this gets fluctuated with the, the hypothetical trade I have them with New England. But if that guy's there at 18, too, similar to what we just talked about, you've got to go get him. And Detroit, I talked about Seattle with their signature defensive players. Detroit is building a, a really strong defense. And I think they could be one of those teams with the next like real signature, you know, position group guys with Aiden Hutchinson. And now if you get a Brian branch out of Alabama, who, who I've seen, I've seen him projected higher than this. And I've seen him projected a little bit lower than this too, just depending on what team takes him. But just like similar to Will Anderson, I know it's the same school, but just an all around guy that I don't think you can go wrong with. And, and I know Connor would, would be stoked with this pick. Yeah, he's actually the guy that I moved out of the first round, not because of him, but just because of I, – I, I just don't know how important safety is to a lot of these teams in the first round. Um, it's just – it's not a very – it's not an overly common position anymore. Um, some teams only use one. They're not using both a free and a strong safety. Uh, good thing for him is he can play some nickel corner as well uh, if he needs to, if, if that's what your team needs, or it just gives you some flexibility positionally. Uh, and formationally so he's he's a really good player I just had him dropping because we've had some other guys kind of move up the, the draft a little bit and there's not you know uh, out, outside of the Eagles I wouldn't say that there's any team out there that their top need is a safety so he, he, he was just a product of attrition for me definitely deserves to be in the first round he's a first round talent um, and I, I think the Lions and Dan Campbell would be happy to have him if they decide to go that way I, I have Detroit Lions getting what a lot of people consider the best prospect in this draft and replacing Jamal Williams because DeAndre Swift doesn't even play there in my mind. Uh, Bijan Robinson. I've, I think this is, this is perfect. Like you, you mentioned with your, uh, your first Detroit pick, uh, trying to, to build upon that, that offense to help, you know, help solidify it in, in the top echelon of offenses in the NFL. I think the way that they have to do that, though, is via running back, just because DeAndre Swift doesn't play a lot of games. And I, I, I have no confidence in him staying healthy. We've seen Jamal Williams drive up his own price tag for a reason. It's because he's played a lot. He's played really well. They get to the goal line a lot. Um, so I, I think this is a uh, – you're getting maybe the best player in the draft two years in a row because they got Aiden Hutchinson last year, who still, for my money, is probably the best player in that draft. Um, and then tackle, you know, tack on Bijan Robinson in this draft. You've added an absolute weapon of a cornerstone to both sides of the ball in back-to-back years. Um, not to mention, they're going to add another player uh, w- with their top pick or whatever they do with trades. So, uh, Bijan Robinson, a need and a luxury pick. And this would be a good time for us to say, any of these teams, if you're a fan of any of these teams, you're listening to this show, tweet at us, tell us, tell us how dumb you think we are. For, for making these projections or tell us how smart you think we are when, when these projections actually come to be. Cause I know we've got, we've got lions fans that listen. We got I think a couple of Vikings fans. I've got some Eagles fans who listens to listen to this show. And of course, commanders and, and beyond and, and 
so just at any of these t- any of these analyses we've got just let let us know what you, what what you think because these are these are we're getting a little bit more adventurous i think as the as the draft goes on and uh the, these these are two picks that would both be slam you know slam dunks home run swings either way if detroit takes them so so if you if you've got an opinion do let us know at the right hash uh reply to our to our this tweet you know this podcast in a tweet um really really we like to be interactive and we like to hear what the fans of the teams that we talk about actually think so that's just a little disclaimer there about midway through our little a little more than actually than midway through our our first round here from the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki studios but speaking of Bijan Robinson I've been beating this drum for about a couple months now Tampa Bay picks 19th I've got him going to Tampa Bay at 19 they lost Leonard Fournette no more playoff Lenny it's gonna have to be playoff Bijan if they can get there um I don't have a lot of faith in this team's passing game anymore to tell you the truth i don't think baker mayfield's the answer potential for maybe a trade up here to grab one of those quarterbacks that's an outside shot i think other teams are a lot more you know the teams we talked about are a lot more likely to do that but i'm just really not sold on anything tampa bay is doing on offense anymore and i think this would be an injection of you know of life you know so to speak just kind of like like a, a drug in the arm and similar to what Anthony Richardson might have might be for new England. If, if that trade happens, you know, the, the star potential, a luxury, but, but also really a need because I, I think Tampa Bay's just got a lot of needs outside of wide receiver on offense. And I don't see them being one of those successful pass heavy teams with Baker Mayfield at the helm. I mean, wide receivers, like the one position they don't need, they need pretty much everything else. Um, I would I would totally have Bijan going here if I didn't just have him going to Detroit. Uh, it makes a, a lot of sense. The fit is there. Great pick. Copy all the stuff that I just said, you know, two minutes ago and put it right here for Bijan. Um, I've got Lucas Van Ness going here. Uh, just I, best best player available, I guess. Start getting uh, you know some of their pass rush back. They the 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 defense from the Super Bowl that they won is uh, there's only a shell of it left. Um, this, you know, this guy is a nice, what you see is what you get pure pass rusher. Um, not a lot to his game, but what he does, he does at an extremely high level. Um, and what would, would be a really good pick for them here. Uh, if, if he does make it this far, Bijan Robinson, I think would, uh, again, be one of these players that Tampa sprints up to the podium to take just because of how big of a need it is and how much it would help. Baker Mayfield and that offense operate with a, the threat of a run game. E- even with Leonard Fournette, they didn't have a threat of the run game. It, it wasn't the playoffs. They just didn't have <laughs> – and I, I don't even say that tongue-in-cheek. I say that whole ass. He's a completely different player oh, in the yeah. playoffs from the regular season. That is not just a nickname. That is just a true hard fact. Legit. Playoff, playoff Lenny. Lenny. Playoff Lenny is a real thing <laughs> compared like to regular season Lenny. Th- there was a reason that we knew who Ronald Jones was two years ago. It's because Leonard Fournette sucked in the regular season. Um, so uh, Bijan would be a, a, a the dream hot, uh, pick here, I think, for Tampa. Um, if, if they stay here, like you said, maybe one of those teams that considers moving up. I don't know if it's for a quarterback, but um, they, they certainly could you know, package some of their later picks to move up for an O-lineman, I think would be their next biggest need. Um, so if they see uh, a Darnell Wright or a Broderick Jones available around where Washington or New York are drafting, I could see them maybe trading up a couple of spots to go get an O-lineman. Yeah, and I just 
They've got what Kyle Trask behind Baker Mayfield. Is that, is that Kyle, right? Kyle <laughs> Trash. You need to say it right. <laughs> hey, maybe they'll be in the market for another former Florida Gator quarterback. <laughs> they, they were they were quote unquote comfortable with Kyle Trask. Um, to which I say, not even his family <laughs> says that. Nobody wants to be Kyle Trask, Lois. Not even Kyle Trask. Not even Kyle Trask. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> All right, twenty to Seattle. We're in. We're in the. We're in the twenties now. Um, and this, you talked about runs on position groups a few minutes ago. I've got a run on wide receivers coming up here. I've got Seattle taking Zay Flowers, the the five ten speedster out of Boston College. Probably would, would this be the might be the highest Boston College pick since AJ Dillon. I, I can't remember when he was drafted, but he he was another stud coming out of out of that school. Um, yeah, it's just better Keekly. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, well, I'll look that up at some point. But Zay Flowers, he's been been linked to a lot of these teams here in the mid to late first round. Uh, Seattle has got you know they've got Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. I don't think they really have a ton behind it though, and with Geno Smith getting this new contract, he's obviously going to be the focal point of the offense. Like they're going to be a passing team. They, they've lost a couple of their wide receivers who we, or excuse me, the running backs that we covered last show, uh, Rashad Penny and Travis Homer, no longer members of the Seahawks. So I think we might see a little bit of a shift here towards them being one of this, the more air raid, not, not air raid in the specific sense, but more pass happy teams with what we saw from Geno Smith last year. And I think adding a rookie receiver is a perfect first step in that direction for, for a guy who I enjoy watching and I love these little water bug dudes who just get out in space and make defenders look silly. It's like he runs around you and just your pants fall down just because of the, the momentum from him running past you. That's, that's kind of what Zay flowers defending Zay flowers feels like for defensive backs. And I, I think he'd be a really good fit in Seattle. Yeah. He's like Nicole Hardman to me. Um, I, I looked up the thing that you just said uh, the highest picked Boston College players. We had Chris Lindstrom in 2019 go 14th overall to the Falcons. And last year we had Zion Johnson go 17th overall to the Chargers. Um, other than that, their last first first round pick was Luke Keekley. So it, it's 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 been a little while. Um, don't forget BJ Raji out of Boston College too. So oh, yeah. uh, show me what you got, what you got, Raji. Um <laughs> Seahawks. Um I've got Miles Murphy, the defensive lineman out of Clemson, going here. Uh, just a really good pass rusher. Um, I, I, I just don't think the Seahawks need to get too fancy with this draft, get too cute. I think go try to rebuild that defense. That was the crux of your, uh, you know, your, your season last year. Not, not even the fact that you just lost running back after running back. It was the defense that cost you uh, really the, 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 the season down the stretch. Um, you got to, you got to go shore that up, and it starts with pass rush. So. I've got them going Jalen Carter Carter and Miles Murphy uh, with their two picks in this draft. Um, this has been one of the teams that's kind of been flirted with. Are they going to take a quarterback at the back end? Maybe, maybe not. So I don't see a reason. You just signed Geno to a, a nine-figure deal. Why are we immediately picking a quarterback? I don't understand that. Um, I, I get future-proofing, but I mean, it's not like Geno has a lot of wear and tear. The guy's played like 30 games in the NFL, so I feel like he can stay for a while. I don't see them taking a quarterback in the first round. Uh, I think they're just going to take what makes their team better right now and go get defensive players. But I mean, uh, Zay Flowers makes a lot of sense too, because they are uh, on the tail end of Tyler Lockett's career there in Seattle. Um, and at, at the very least, they need an heir apparent, but 
Zay Flowers is a guy that can come in and, um, you know, have maybe like a Kadarius Tony type of impact where he's not your primary guy, but just get the ball in his hands a couple of times a game and he makes magic happen. Yeah, and I just like the name Zay Flowers. That might be my favorite name in this first round that I have. So it's just that's you know my mom and I watching football on Sundays. It didn't matter who the who they played for. We just hear some names and be like, oh, that's a really cool name. Like just out of these football players, and I, I feel like if my mom watches a game and hears the name Zay Flowers, which she probably will because we play Seattle next year, that that she'll be she'll probably text me and be like, Zay Flowers is an awesome name, and I'll be like, fuck yeah, it is. Yeah, there you so go. That's put just him, that's just, that's just a little 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 peek into what watching football with with the uh, with my family is like. <laughs> All about the names. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, twenty one to the the down the coast to the LA Chargers, and I was tempted. I let me tell you, I was tempted to put a certain wide receiver who played college ball in Los Angeles here. I have him going next to the next team that I'll pick, but. I do have the Chargers taking Quentin Johnson out of TCU. Six foot three. He's in the mold of, and cover your ears, Washington fans, Josh Doxson, <laughs> who was quite the bust. I don't think Quentin Johnson is going to be the quite the bust that Josh Doxson was. Um, he 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 kind of go. He's he seems like a better version of like jo- a Josh Palmer or like every other receiver that the Chargers currently have, who's not named Keenan Allen. You know, Keenan Allen's a smaller guy, a, a slot guy. Uh, you think about Mike Williams, how oft injured he's been. Um, he's really good, but his injury history gives me a little pause. So I think Quentin Johnson would be the next in that mold of that that big physical wide receiver that Justin Herbert-led offenses are going to need to function. Yeah, Quentin's interesting uh, because you, I, I just don't know how to trust the TCU players from this year. They obviously were really good, and they played really well the entire season. Um, but th- there were games that they won against like middling teams that it was like 17 to 10, you know, uh, tw- 21 to 17, like that, that they, they were not tearing the cover off the ball, so to speak on offense for most of the year. Um, his measurables speak for themselves. I, I, I like him. I, I have him in the first round. Uh, I, do I, yes, I do. Um, I have him in the first round, but I, I, I've just gotten a little bit, not sour on him, but I've come back off of him and really the rest of this receiving class, to be fair. Uh, I just don't think it's that all that great. And I just, I don't know what to expect from him. That being said, that the Chargers can afford to go after that. They're going to need a Keenan Allen replacement. Um, it, it, w- it would be kind of weird for them to go get a similar guy to what they already have. But if they think he's better, they think he's better. I'm, I'm not going to argue with the pick. He's what a lot of people think is the best receiver in this draft. And if you can snag him at 21, um, we found the answer to 21. Can you do something for me? Uh, if Quentin Johnson's still there, I have the chargers taking Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama. Um, I, I, I don't see the Austin Eckler saga ending with him long-term in uh, Los Angeles. And J- Jameer Gibbs is the best all around running back in this draft he's not the best running back Bijan is but in terms of if you need an Alvin Kamara or Dalvin Cook Aaron Jones type of running back this is your guy and it's very much what the Chargers like it's what Austin Eckler has been doing for the last couple of years um and I think it's a match made in heaven it's 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 pretty high I think to take Gibbs but 
well, we look back on some of those drafts and look at where Alvin Kamara went. Um, you, you look at where Aaron Jones went and say, you know, that type of running back is what's going to be in the NFL going forward. Why didn't those guys go higher? Um, and Jameer Gibbs has been a guy that I've liked since he was at Georgia Tech, even before he transferred to Alabama. Um, I, I thought he'd be a first rounder for sure after this season he had Alabama. Um, so I, I, I think he goes here and just gives them more options that they don't have a whole lot of needs. Uh, they're going to because their defense is going to age or price themselves out. But for right now, I, I, while they're kind of in a somewhat friendly contract with, with Herbert and some of the other players, iron is hot time to strike. You made the playoffs last year um, and ended unceremoniously. Uh, thank you. Um, but that they're, they're a playoff team and that this is an immediate impact type of player for them. I believe you mean he gives them more options. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he does give them more options. J- Jameer, 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 Naga, he Naga, not going to work here anymore. <laughs> it, give me that. Well, he's not going to work at Bama anymore. He's going to, going to go work in Los Angeles. Oh yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. C- culture shock, by the way. Yeah, I, I that that's bold. And two two running backs going in the first round in this day and age. That's you heard it here first on the right hash. We 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 take risks here here on this show. <laughs> I I take risks that other people have already taken in mock drafts elsewhere. <laughs> not, not not that I steal other stuff, but I I I think you're dumb if you don't read all the ones and look at how other people are approaching scenarios. Because I mean, I I I can only go super detailed on my team. I can go really, really well down with all the other teams, but just in terms of like feeling the buzz and, you know, the beat reporters and what's actually going down and who's on there, you know, the, the, the 30 visits list or whatever. Yeah. So hard to keep up with. I think you have to go out and look and just see what other quote unquote experts or people who are looking at this are saying. And uh, Jameer Gibbs is, is a trend up is what I'll say. And this is me saying that this would be a great scenario. This would save Los Angeles a lot of money by not having to resign Austin Eckler. um, And also just kind of give them that. All right. We're we're kind of turning the corner on most of the guys we had on this roster. This is now Herbie's team. The the people on the ground. So to spend what we call them in the business, the the folks on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, The the beat beat reporters. The Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, that'd be, that would be, that would be a good pick. I definitely, definitely think so. Um, 22 Baltimore. And now that's the, here's the receiver from Los Angeles from USC, Jordan Addison, who of course was previously at Pittsburgh. He's a, he's that bigger type receiver um, that, or I should say he's a smaller receiver. He, uh, he's a, I think five foot 10 also. So smaller, faster. Of course, the Ravens just brought in Odell Beckham jr. When, when you bring in free agents like that, that indicates to me that there's also going to be competition brought in, in the draft. Um, I, I think, Baltimore, of course, it's been, they're kind of like the Packers of the AFC. They just haven't given Lamar Jackson any weapons to really work with, unless you want to count Mark Andrews, who's really good, but definitely not receivers. You know, they bring in Odell Beckham Jr. Okay, we'll see how that turns out. We'll see if Lamar Jackson is even their quarterback next year. But I've got them going Jordan Addison here just because they need receivers so badly, regardless of whether it's Lamar Jackson or somebody else. And he's, it's a little strange to think he would drop this far considering how coveted he was in the transfer portal. But I think that just speaks to, you know, skill sets in college versus pro. Anyway, he's still going to go in the first round, I think. And it's just, I just think more of the wide receiver needy teams are further down in the draft. So 
that's you know that that's just kind of natural that I'd have this run later on. But anyway, that that's who I've got at twenty two: Jordan Addison to Baltimore. Yeah, and to be fair, the teams that already have their quarterback to throw to the receiver that you draft are going to be down here too because that just goes with the territory of having your incumbent quarterback. You're probably going to have a better record than the teams who need quarterbacks or have other glaring weaknesses. So um, I also have them going uh, receiver. I'll, I'll admit this one's a little bit Homer-ish because I, I I think he's better than what people are giving him credit for, but he also brings that, uh, that threat that the Ravens haven't had since Hollywood Brown left. Um, I, I've got Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee going here to the Ravens uh, to kind of be that take the top off the defense threat to open up Odell Beckham. I fully expect at this point for Lamar Jackson to be playing in Baltimore next year. Long term, no freaking clue. At this point, I expect it to be Lamar Jackson. Um, and th- this this is a guy who can test Lamar Jackson's arm. Um, it, he had the best game of any player maybe in the history of Tennessee last year against Alabama. Um, You know, people can say he just runs in a straight line. He doesn't have a route tree. Uh, Nick Saban couldn't figure it the fuck out. Um, Kirby Smart was the only guy who could figure it out last year. And they have like six first round draft picks on that defense. So it makes sense. Uh, No, no one else in the country could figure it out. He he runs in a straight line. Okay. Well then why don't you cover the straight line? It's because that's not all he does. And he's really, really fast. Um, Actually in his 40, I want to say he was the fastest, uh, top speed receiver in this draft. Um, so th- there's a lot there to him. I had heard the Ravens were interested in him. Uh, they came to, to Tennessee's pro day to check him out. Um, so just gut feeling slash a little bit of homerism there. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd love to just for the sake of this show and the, the, the zeitgeist of it, I would love to, would love to see a, a Vols receiver go in the first round. Um, Wide receiver and, and, you, baby. unfortunately, unfortunately he'd be going to a team that I don't really care for uh, a team that has a statue of a guy who murdered two people standing outside their stadium. And of course I'm not talking about Johnny Unitas, but, but maybe, maybe we'd see him throughout the first pitch in an Orioles game. That would be the cool part. Yeah. Uh, sh- sure. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how his arm is. Um, <laughs> if we do see if he picked anything up from Josh Heupel, I'm sure he can throw a baseball, though. Although we, we do see that. Actually, now that I think about it, it is something we see, like, you know, a free agent signs with a, a team and then throws out the first pitch at the next baseball game, or especially after the draft, because the draft is it is when it is. You'll see, you know, you could see, you know, CJ Stroud maybe throws out the first pitch at an Astros game or something like that. Just these easy PR, uh, you know, kind of rile the crowd up moments that that the NFL draft provides after the draft is over. So, so. It's all a show. It's all a sham, everybody. It's just to get your money. <laughs> from um, one purple team to the next, unless, yeah. unless no, that's all we have Google. for Baltimore. All right. Keep going. <laughs> well, the, the, our favorite color here at, at one of our favorite colors, I should say here on the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki studios from Baltimore to Minnesota. Um, actually, I like, I like Baltimore's purple a little bit more than I like Minnesota's purple, but, but they're both pretty cool. Um, Brian Breesey, defensive lineman, Clemson. Uh, this is a guy I've seen all over the first round. I know I said on the previous show that this wasn't the highest need for Minnesota, but a lot of these defensive backs are going to be gone. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of struggled with this one. I was like, you know, Deontay Banks, Cam Smith, but I, I think best player available. And I, when I think of Minnesota, I think of that Williams wall, you know, Pat Williams, Kevin Williams, a fearsome Good front times. seven, the purple people eaters um, going way back. Uh, I just, I, I, that, that seems to me like the, the move here for Minnesota is to, to solidify the front seven a little bit more 
Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's just, a, it's a, a, ped, a school with a pedigree, you know, Clemson and, and a, a, a side of the ball where Clemson's traditionally strong. And I think it translates well to the NFL. It's, 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 it's one of those position groups that there's not a lot of, you don't have to do a lot of changes if, if you're a defensive lineman and you just kind of do what you've been doing. And I think Brian Breesey does it pretty well. Yeah. And, you know, heading into the season, this guy was a top 10 pick. He had some familial stuff with his, with his sister. A lot of folks, I think have heard the Brian Brissey, uh story by now, but that this guy's a top 10 talent that just didn't, you know, he he's dropped because he has, a, I want to say a lot less tape than uh, some of these guys ahead of him from last year. Um, you know, right, wrong or indifferent. He's, he's a phenomenal prospect. He's going to be in the NFL for a while. I think um, he just has kind of a, a mentality for it. So I like Brian Brissy, uh for the Vikings. That is certainly uh, the side of the ball that they need to start addressing immediately. I'm not going Homer here, but it's, it, it'll look like it. I've got back-to-back falls. Uh, I don't know if that's ever happened. Certainly hasn't happened really since I've been alive. Um, he, he's, he's the odds on favorite for the Minnesota Vikings pick. So it's not even Homerism. I can point to the stats. Uh, Hendon Hooker. This is a, a guy that they've been, you know, rumored with all offseason, um, much less before he started to take a little bit of a, of a rise up draft boards after he had uh, interviews and uh, th- this and that. Um, great prospect. Saw him drop a video today. He's already throwing. Um, no crutches, no nothing. He has a brace on the, on the leg, of course, but already throwing, stepping into passes. I, I don't anticipate him being a first-year starter no matter where he goes, so – you know, just good to know he's maybe a little bit ahead of schedule, right on schedule at the very least. Uh, should be a good guy to sit behind Kirk Cousins for a year and uh, give you a lot of financial freedom next year if you don't want to pay the ransom for Kirk Cousins again. Um, Hend- Hendon Hooker could be the next guy. Uh, he's going to have a similar philosophy familiarity um, to Kevin O'Connell as Tennessee did run some similar uh, type of, uh, you know, passing sets. Of, of course, you can't do what Tennessee did in the NFL because of the hash marks, but, um, you know, by, by and large, just being in a little bit more of a progressive offense, uh, st- still a very run-heavy offense at Tennessee, and that's what I expect in Minnesota as well. So I think it's a really good fit if Hendon does wind up going in the first round. Minnesota's a really good place for him to go. And they're going to have some quarterback uncertainty coming into this season. And I'm telling you this from experience, Vikings fans, Kirk Cousins and contract years do not mix. So just, just be aware. That I mean, he's done all right for him so far. Obviously, they haven't won anything. Oh, oh, I mean, I think he'll play fine. It's just off the field. It's, it's not going to be fun. You, know? you mean they're not going to like that? No, they're not going to like that part. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. They're not going to like the negotiations, the contract shit. Been there, done that. Liked Kirk Cousins for his time in Washington. He he did some good things for us, but glad glad that glad that is way in the past. Yeah, I, I mean I like Kirk Cousins too, just kind of as a guy. But you know, yeah. it's it's just time to turn the page. He costs way too much money um, for what he for, does and, and for what you need. Right, <laughs> you, you you need that money elsewhere. A rookie quarterback would be fantastic for you to have for a couple of years. Yeah, so twenty three now to twenty four. Uh, we go from one of uh, another one of our favorite colors to another one of our favorite colors, uh, purple to, to teal. Man, Jacksonville, really uncharted territory for the Jaguars, picking this low with a number with a two in front of it. I don't <laughs> and know an actual and a number beyond that too. <laughs> 20, we, we picked ETN at twenty five. We just also picked Trevor Lawrence earlier in that draft. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I struggled a little bit with this. 
Um, I, originally I had Cam Smith. I, I actually switched that to Deontay Banks out of Maryland. Big physical corner, kind of like Joey Porter Jr. Uh, can play both man and zone. Uh, I, I just noticed last year the few Jacksonville games I did watch, especially the, the, uh, the Washington game, and I know it was early in the season, I think secondary was a weak link for this defense, and th- there's just buku opportunities to, to shore that up here in the first round of this draft. And Banks is a player that I think should go a little bit higher, but should he drop, and I've got him dropping, and he's there for the picking at 24, I, I think, think it's hard to, to say no to, to a guy like that. He, he is a little bit raw with you know eight penalties called on him last year, can get a little handsy, but kind of like Anthony Richardson, he's got a hell of a lot of potential. Um, and I, I almost went with the local kid, the Maryland kid, to Washington, but going with him to Jacksonville instead. Always like a kid out of Bel Air Prep. Um, Deontay Banks would be fantastic. Um, uh, like you said, they they need corner uh, really really badly. Good thing for them. Like I said earlier, I think the corners are just going to be. There's so many of them. They're going to lose value. There's going to be some guys in the second round. Just what I'm hearing. It doesn't sound like they're earmarking any of the corners that are kind of in this area um what it sounds like recently is that they're going to go pass rusher if if like a a miles murphy and lucas van ness have been the two names that i've been hearing if they're around that long i don't really expect them to be but drafts are weird i i have michael mayer here i i think tight end is what jacksonville should do if michael mayer or and or Dalton Kincaid are still around um it you know you tag Ingram even if you get a long-term deal in place Doug Peterson loves his two tight end sets he loves having this type of tight end as well not just a you know a pure pass receiver um so if Mayer's not there and Kincaid's on the board I don't think they go tight end I think they'll go you know some sort of defensive player but just as my board lays out and um I guess also kind of in my wish on my wish list, Michael Mayer. Uh, we've been looking for a new mayor of Jacksonville since Calais Campbell left. So Michael Mayer would be the perfect one. Perfect. Yeah. A- apropos, just really apropos, someone to put along- alongside Evan Ingram, who is obviously the more talented, has more talent in the pass catching department than he does in the, in the blocking department um, really came on for the Jaguars last year. So Guy to supplement or, him, that would be a good pick. Or if we don't want to pay $11 million to a tight end every single year, this gives us some flexibility to spend money on the defense if we if we need to do that going down the road. Yeah. Um, uh, otherwise, to, uh, we're talking about pass rusher. I don't really get it in the first round. It's not our biggest need. I mean, we just drafted Trayvon Walker. We have Josh Allen. Um, it's still a need, but in the first round, I think corner is a much more pressing need than, than pass rusher, especially where we're picking and who's projected to be down here. Um, corner or tight end or what I would go in this first round. I wouldn't go pass rusher like they're talking about, but they don't ask me. Maybe they should. Maybe they should. Maybe they should. <laughs> I, I don't know. I wouldn't have hired Urban Meyer, so I don't no, know. I don't, I, think, I don't think any of us would. I don't know if Trent Balky wants to hear from me. Even after the year he had, he still does not want to hear from me. I'll just tell you that much. <laughs> let let Arden Key go again, motherfucker. See what happens. All right. Well, at the 25th pick, I'm going to go throw up in my mouth before I uh, – actually, the 25th and 26th pick. I'm actually just going to go throw up all over the place before I talk about these two teams since they're stacked together. Uh, first at 25 is the New York Giants. 
Um, I've got them going offensive line here, a guy you've you've already had off the board, Osiris Torrance, interior O-line. Giants need help there, no question about it. Um, they need help at wide receiver too. Um, I'm, I'm leaning offensive line with them here because they lost both Nick Gates, who's their starting left guard, to Washington, and a John Feliciano, who came over from Buffalo, played one season at center for Brian Dable's offense. They did not like him. Uh, he did not fit in well. So a lot of help needed on the offensive line, interior offensive line for the Giants. And uh, Osiris Torrance is a bit real big dude. Uh, I think I think he's I think he's in excess of three thirty. So just the 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 perfect guy to plug in on this this offensive line, Giants offensive line that's going to be doing a heck of a lot of run blocking for Saquon Barkley as he uh, earns either his his franchise tag or his new contract remains to be seen what they do with him. But I, I think yeah, the offensive line for the Giants is a a very very uh, smart play here. Yeah, if Osiris is there. He's a dream fit for the Giants. They they're going to want a guard. They're going to want someone who can move inside. Um, so br- brilliant pick if he is still there. I also have them going O-line with Matthew Bergeron. Um, the, the Canadian out of Syracuse uh, from Quebec. Um, makes sense to go to the Giants, right? They're, you're not too far from, from the, Canadian, uh, the Canadian line over there. Uh, he's a guy who played tackle uh, in college but projects as a guard in the NFL. Uh, he's a mammoth of a man, uh, 6'5", 3'18". That's really what you want in a guard. Um, it does not rank high amongst tackles, but he ranks pretty high up amongst guards and uh, should, should, should be a, just kind of one of those mainstays in the league for a little while. So um, I'll be honest. I don't know a whole lot more about him other than that. I did not watch a lot of Syracuse offensive line tape, um, but I've seen Bergeron in some highlights and uh, watched a couple of videos on him and <laughs> he's an NFL player. That's, that's all I can tell you. He's an NFL offensive lineman. And that's what the Giants need. They need an NFL offensive lineman. They do not have enough of those right now. Sorry, my mute button got sticky there. But um, they, they've got great tackles. Great tackles for the Giants, Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal. But just in between all that is that's where that's where the that's where the run offense is generated. And that that's, you know, they didn't like Mark Glowinski either. I, I can tell you that. So they, they might be replacing all three of their interior offensive linemen, uh, might the Giants be. So that, that's just the, it, Bergeron also don't know much about him, but but also also would be it would be a safe pick. Um, yeah, I mean, Syrac- Syracuse from Syracuse. I mean, just, yeah. yeah, they had a halfway decent year, I guess. Uh, but a Syracuse guy a going fit. to the Giants. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah another one of those just like some t- geography doesn't mean anything, but sometimes it's enough to like if the scales are even, it's the one last penny that tilts the scales in the favor of exactly. the, the prospect. And th- that's kind of what I'm going with here. Yeah. Well, enough about that ugly team that wears blue. Here's another ugly team that wears blue. <laughs> and we're not talking about Duke and North Carolina. We're talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Got to hate those motherfuckers, but we are both in agreement with their pick here. Dalton Schultz going from Dallas to Houston in free agency. So how about another Dalton Dalton Kincaid out of Utah, who, other than Michael Mayer has been, you know, he, he actually has been projected as one of the, the, be- the best, uh, the best tight end prospect in this draft. And so, I mean, some people had him falling all the way to Washington at, at, in the second round and we need a tight end too. So wouldn't hate that, but I think Dallas gobbles him up here. A uh, couple Dallas fans that I do talk to. Yeah. I do talk to, to, to some Dallas fans. They, they've said they're pretty much resigned to the fact that it's going to be a tight end. Um, yep. And, and you know, they're just they've been looking for the next Jason Witten ever since Jason Witten retired um and and they they've missed on a couple they've got a couple guys 
uh, like, you know, Peyton Hendershot, Jake Ferguson, who are, I think, a little more of the blocking tight end type. Dalton Kincaid is the pass catching, touchdown to catching tight end type. Uh, he's drawn comparisons to Travis Kelsey. Would hate to see him in Dallas, but makes too much sense for Dallas to to not pick him if he's there. And, you know, fill, fills that need. And D- Dallas loves them some tight ends. Yeah, this this guy reminds me a lot of Brock Bowers. Um, and I know Brock Bowers is in this class as well, but just what Brock Bowers looked like on the on the the main stage last year, that that tight end that can play some slot receiver, you can move him all around. Uh that's that's Dalton Kincaid. Um, I don't even care to s- sit here and talk about this one too much. It seems pretty obvious why the Cowboys would want this one. All I know is that if this guy fought their last tight end, it would be Doolin Dalton, and we could play the Eagles song in the background. <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> All right, now let's take it easy on the on the on the jokes. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm gonna bill you for that one. <laughs> uh, All right, and enough about enough about the Cowboys too. Fuck, fuck, fuck them. <laughs> Twenty seven Buffalo. Um, this is a, who I have here is a guy that's gotten mentioned on the show mostly from you uh, talking about the SEC and, and their prospects. Um, losing Terrell Edmonds to Chicago Buffalo's gonna, I, I think they're going to replace him with, with Drew Sanders. Uh, this is a guy that I've seen in and out of the first round. We are, are now at the point where late in the first round, these are guys that are in and out of the first round, just depending on needs. Um, Buffalo's got an offensive identity and they, they don't have any trouble with that. You know, they we'll see what they do at running back, what ends up happening there, but now they need to look to the other side of the ball and a guy like Drew Sanders, who's got that, sideline to sideline coverage speed uh he can be pretty much anywhere kind of in the mold of a Devin White you know Jamin Davis guys that have come out of the draft the last few years I think Drew Sanders fits right into that and Buffalo is going to need that kind of player to you know to you know they, they've got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle who they have to face twice a year you know that that's they, they need a kind of a captain of the defense here and I think Drew Sanders can evolve into a captain of the defense yep I've said my piece on, on Drew Sanders, but um, while he hasn't played in the environment, he certainly is one of those, what I would consider cold weather players. It, it just seems like a guy who would adapt and thrive in that type of environment. Um, so just uh, when you're, when you're a Buffalo or you're one of those North Northeastern teams, I wonder how much something like that comes into play. Like, can this guy play in the cold weather or is he going to wilt if it gets, if it starts to snow? Um Drew Sanders certainly one of those guys that uh, would would welcome the challenge of playing in the snow. And Fayette, sorry, <clears throat> Fayetteville's not exactly. I mean, it's not exactly a, like a balmy area either. It's it's in the mountains. You know, it, it can it can get a little chilly there. So so I, it might not be a too big of an adjustment. Um, but it don't but, snow there. Yeah, I mean, it, does, it, does, <laughs> it definitely doesn't snow snow like the like like it does in Buffalo. Um, <laughs> They're not, I, they're not they're not scraping the field and moving the games from, from yeah. <laughs> Ford Field, baby. The, the the Buffalo Bills home away from home. Uh, but I I do I I just I really like Drew Sanders as a player too, just yeah. absent of all that. I would really like to see him go in the first round too. He's he's kind of one of those guys that I don't really have any other reason to root for him other than I just really like the way he plays and I think he should be rewarded with that kind of old, thing. Old school type of linebacker, man. Yeah. Not 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 a middle linebacker, but just that old school. It doesn't care if he breaks his nose type of linebacker. I, I love those types of guys. Um, I've got Buffalo picking up Quentin Johnson here. Just, you know, uh, 
that they're going to have contracts with Gabriel Davis and, and Stefan Diggs up here in the next year, uh, year and two years, uh, respectively. So th- this just gives them some insurance, gives them some financial flexibility. This guy plays well. Um, you know, not exactly a speedster, but he's more of a work the middle of the field, short middle of the field type of guy should, uh, should enable Stefan Diggs to may- maybe do a little bit more, uh, deep, uh, route work where I think he's a little bit more comfortable, but you know, I, nothing flashy here. Uh, Quentin Johnson's not a flashy player. He's just, he's, he's a really, really good receiver. And I think he's going to fit well in Buffalo if they're able to able to snag him. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have any, uh, any objection there. I just, just the big receiver, like I just, they've got, you know, they've got a, an all around stud in Stefan Diggs. They've got kind of a smaller, faster guy in Gabe Davis. And now they can put it all together here. Kind of that the, the Holy Trinity of wide receivers, if you will. Um, just, it seems like TCU just kind of turns those guys out the, the, the bigger, more athletic jump ball type guys, but, or, or just the big 12 in general, but that that would that would also be a that would be a bit of a more of a weather adjustment for sure. Yeah, I mean, and also a luxury pick for for Buffalo. This is certainly not a position of need, but uh, I, I guess somewhat preparing for the future. Um, it, the the way that you have to think about money these days, um, you know, sometimes you're not drafting for right now, especially if you're in the backs on the back side of these drafts. Most of the time, you're drafting for the replacements that you're going to need a year or two down the road, because you don't have a whole lot of holes immediately. Otherwise you'd be drafting where the bears and the Falcons and the Raiders are always drafting. Yeah. And nobody wants to be doing that. Nobody. I mean, wants it, to be it's doing fun. That. You get some good players every year, but then you just wonder how they never turn out to be good. <laughs> <laughs> the draft is always fun. The, the year is not fun. <laughs> 28 the AFC runners up from last season, Cincinnati Bengals. Well, they, 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 they need offense. They horribly, horribly need offense. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Joe Burrow getting his fifth year option picked up T Higgins, Jamar chase locked in for another, uh, another, uh, couple, a uh, couple of years. Uh, we'll see what happens with Joe Mixon. He's under contract for the next two. Um, I, I don't you know. They're not going to go offense here. I have them going defense. Uh, miles Murphy goes from the Clemson Tigers to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, he's a little bit bigger for, for an edge rusher, you know, six foot five pushing 280 pounds. I think he, he might, he might need to slim down a little bit when he gets to the NFL, but, but the Bengals are a team that doesn't really have that fearsome pass rusher. And I think this is a perfect opportunity to add one here. You know, they've got, got guys like Sam Hubbard, you know, who are solid defensive linemen, Trey Henderson, solid defensive linemen, but not that guy who like really strikes fear in, in, in quarterbacks and offensive linemen. Like I think Miles Murphy has the potential to. Yep. Uh, just, uh, I, I said my piece on, on Miles Murphy earlier, just a really good pass rusher, uh, did a lot of his work this year without Brian Brissy. So what actually had a lot of time to see tape, uh, where he was the primary pass rusher for Clemson. Um, and <laughs> he, he, he did, he did as well as you can. He, he did a really good job enough to be warranted to go in the first round. Um, I would not have a problem with them going, Really, any dir- anything but quarterback or receiver, I would be okay with Cincinnati tanking. Uh, taking, I think. Um, <laughs> remember how I said at the beginning of the show that mocks are supposed to be what you think they're going to do and not what you would do. Um, I threw that out the window for this specific pick because um, I don't think I've yelled anything louder from the top of a building more 
than I have Cincinnati Bengals need to take offensive linemen and protect Joe Burrow. And I, I, I understand. I understand. They signed, they signed a guy, they signed Orlando Brown. Cool. Excellent. Um, there, there, there's more than one O-lineman on a the team. They need some more. Uh, I've got Anton Harrison, the tackle out of Oklahoma going here. I actually like him a little bit more than Bergeron, but I gave the Giants kind of, like I said, the tip of the tipping the scale on their, on their side was the geography and picking Bergeron. Um, so I've got Anton Harrison going here. Uh, I think he did a pretty good, a really good job in Oklahoma. Uh, was a standout on an offensive line that had some really good players, opened up some holes for Eric Gray. Um, it wasn't his fault that they got beat 49 nothing to Texas and had a pretty mess season. Uh, I thought he did really well. And I, I, I think the Bengals need to just like do everything they can to ensure that Joe Burrow does not get touched, um, as well as opening holes for whoever starts at running back. I, I have no delusions that. Uh, Joe Mixon is going to be on the straight and narrow from here on out. If he even comes back to the league permanently, uh, seems like that's a little one foot in one foot out type of situation. Um, uh, O-line is what I would go if I'm the Bengals uh, until I don't have Joe Burrow anymore. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I just, I, yeah, no, no objections there. Cause it's been like the case for multiple years, basically pretty much since they drafted Joe Burrow. It, I mean, it, it's, it's it was like it's like watching the Packers need to draft a receiver for Aaron Rodgers and not doing it, and that that's kind of what I see O'Blonden with with Cincinnati. It's like we need one. Um, yeah, y'all y'all got any more receivers? We can <laughs> more more receivers. Any any sellers? It's the like Dave no. Chappelle meme. <laughs> you you don't need you don't need that. You need offensive line. Who's your best? Who's your cornerstone? You guys remember he hurt his knee in his first year because you didn't have one of these, right? Yeah, we were, we were literally – I was going to bring that up. We were literally watching that game together. Yeah. Among I, other I, games. I, it's just uh, – maybe they weren't I, – I understand they signed Orlando Brown. That's that's phenomenal. That's needed. Go add another Oki in there, man. Uh, Orlando Brown on the left, Anton on the right. Get your um, Sooner sack savers. Is that <laughs> <one>? <laughs> Well, if it was Cristiano Ronaldo, it would be the Sue. <laughs> All right. All right. We got three more picks to go here on this mock draft. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. Thanks to everybody who's made it this far. You're almost we to have, the end. You're almost done with plot. us. You are almost done with us, and you can go on to watch the actual fucking draft if you want. But 29, the Saints are picking here. Um, I have them going edge as well. Almost a carbon copy of Miles Murphy from a physical standpoint. Six foot five, two eighty six. Uh, Keon White out of Georgia Tech played three seasons or four seasons, I should say, at, at Old Dominion. Uh, so he's a, he's a, uh, a a local guy too. If you're talking about the right hash, because he played at Garner Magnet. So look, I, I would. That's really cool. Actually, I did not know that about him until I was looking up his uh, his height and weight. But again, filling a need, Saints did what they needed to do primarily on offense this offseason free agency. They added Derek Carr at quarterback. They're going to look a little bit different on that side of the ball, but I think they're going to still be a lot. The, the game plan on the other side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball with Dennis Allen as head coach is going to be much of the same as it was last year. And like the Bengals, they just need to add that fearsome pass rusher. Cam Jordan is a rock in the middle. Uh, he's been doing his thing forever, but they did lose Marcus Davenport. Um, so well, you know, they need to need to replace the pass rush a little bit. And I think this is the thing, you know, if, if the 
Saints turn up this part of their game, that's what could, that's what could put them ahead in this NFC South, which I think is still a pretty weak division. Yeah, it's anybody's division, really. Um, for uh, you can make a case for and against all four teams in that division pretty concretely. So, um, anything you can get because the 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 other teams draft higher than you, and uh, while they did not add a Derek Carr, um, they're going to be adding rookies and you know just higher picks than you. So, uh, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how they start this new coach's tenure being a defensive guy. I could certainly see them just starting and saying, we're going back to being the new Orleans defense that was had us in contention every year. Yeah. We know Drew Brees and Mike Thomas had a lot to do with that, but their defenses were always suffocating um, as well, which made those teams really, really difficult to play. Uh, He would be a fantastic pick. I also have them going the defense. I have them trying to replace shy Tuttle. Uh, on the defensive line at defensive tackle with Aditomiwa Adabaware. I, I I did more research on the name than the player, I think, um, just to make sure I had that right. But um, the second Northwestern player taken in the first round, uh, eventually they might have to actually be good at football as a team because it seems like we have a Northwestern player in the first round every year somehow. Um, this guy just – what you see is what you get. That's what I love. There, There is no questions about his game. What he does is what he's going to do. If you're able to be a, a nose grading defensive tackle in the Big Ten, you can certainly do it in the NFL. Um, and I, I think the Saints are going to try to go defense. So I think you and I are both on the same page that they're going to try to shore up that side of the ball. We'll just see what kind of position group they're feeling uh, by the time their pick rolls around. The Saints picking at 29, the Eagles picking at 30. These two teams had a, a draft history last year with all those, those picks swapped or at a trade last year with all those picks swapped. And now Philly at 30, back to the luxuries. You know, we, we haven't talked about them since way back at the beginning of the show when we were on the 10th pick many, many moons ago. And I, I said they were going to make kind of a luxury pick there, and I've got them making another luxury pick here from the same school, as a matter of fact. <laughs> got them going with Keely Ringo, cornerback from Georgia, another one of those big physical guys. Um, you know, we don't, we, we've talked about him all season long, uh, but they, they, they lost some guys on the, on that side of the ball. You know, Darius Slay was had one foot out the door. He's coming back. Perfect guy. I think for Keely Ringo to, to play under and learn from the, the, uh, you know, the, the, you know, balance I think is, is a key when you have two first round picks and, and balancing out, one on the offensive side of the ball, another on the defensive side of the ball. It's just what makes sense, I think, for Philadelphia. And like we said, they don't have a lot of needs. They have a lot of options. And you know, maybe a little bit of a reach to push, push Ringo into the first round, but really great opportunity for them to take a who I someone who I think is going to be a, a top-tier corner in, in the league one day. And I would hate that Philly comes up and gets him, but that's what they do. They make these shrewd moves and that no, you think no one else would. And yeah, that's what I, that's what I think we're going here towards, towards the end of the first. Yeah. Uh, I also have them going defensive back. Um, I had them going defensive back with their first pick as well. Um, mostly because I just think that's what the Eagles need the most. And I don't exactly know. I, I don't really know where they're going to be picking this. They're one of those teams that I could see trading both of their picks for some, some reason, because they don't need a whole lot really. Um, I, I think if they're drafting in the first round, they should be taking a corner, may, maybe two, 
honestly, uh, it's a good enough class that you could take two and feel really good for the next five or 10 years with your, with, with your corners. Um, I've got Julius Brents, uh, defensive back out of Kansas state. Um, I just tested a little bit better. Seems the teams are a little bit more, uh, enamored with him than some of the, uh, I guess in, insufficiencies in Keely Ringo's game. That being said, if you've listened to this show, you know Keely Ringo is one of my top two or three favorite corners in this draft. Um, I am certainly licking my chops, hoping he falls to the second round so that the Jaguars can go up and nab him. Uh, he, he is my my dream second-round pick. I think he's phenomenal. Um, but I think both of us are on the same page that the Eagles, with their luxury picks, should go address corner because while it might not even be a super big issue now, it was almost going to be an issue and it's going to certainly be an issue in a year or two. I mean, don't get me wrong. I hope it remains an issue so the commanders can throw all over them, but, but I don't see Howie Roseman letting that happen. So I think they'll, I think they'll do the smart thing and, and, and do what we've been talking about and fix up that secondary. Yeah. He can turn a dead flower into a rose, man. <laughs> and we have reached the last pick of the first round. Remember only 31 this year. Miami Dolphins did some bad things and had to give up their first round pick. Um, 31, Kansas City, Super Bowl champions. Uh, not overthinking this one. Uh, they lost Orlando Brown, so I'm going to have them taking Anton Harrison, uh, who you talked about a few minutes ago, just kind of sliding in there. I think he's the guy. He's a guy who can start. Uh, they lost a couple other offensive linemen as well. Um, Andrew Wiley went over to Washington. Uh, he figures to compete for a starting job for the Commanders, but. Uh, it's a real, still a really good offensive line that the Chiefs have. They, you know, they just need to to kind of do the maintenance here, and I think they have the best right guard in the game in in Joe Tooney, former NC State offensive lineman. Uh, but you know, adding you know the X the the tackle, you know the left the left left tackle, versatile guy though, Anton Harrison. So really good in pass protection, really good footwork, um, just fits right in with with the uh, the protection scheme for Pat Mahomes, I think, which really isn't a whole lot of a protection scheme because Mahomes is so good with his feet. But uh, this is this is a just a, a a safe pick I have to round things out for Kansas City. Yeah, um, they, they did sign Jawan Taylor. I don't I don't know if it's a huge need for them to go O line. However, if you'll refer back to my segment that I was cutting on Cincinnati, you can never have too many of those guys when your whole franchise hinges on the guy throwing the football and st- they still almost cost him the season in ja- against Jacksonville. If Jacksonville had just been a good offensive team and not had officiating completely against him. Patrick Mahomes was beat up enough to lose that game. Um, so I, I, I don't think that you can have too many O-linemen and I like Anton Harrison. I think he's really, really good. I just wanted to put that out there. I don't think it's an Uber need, but this team doesn't really have Uber needs. They're pretty set up on the offensive line. I'd say at least four slots are full. This guy could be the fifth, or it never freaking hurts to have O-line depth because guess what happens? The guys who run headfirst into each other and dive at each other's knees every play get hurt. It's nice to have backups for that. Also, future proofs you in case – I mean – Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, those two guys for sure are going to get second contracts in the NFL and probably going to get paid a fair penny, depending on where they go. Um, and having a backup guy that can slot in still on a rookie deal is not a bad a bad second option. Yeah, the swing, the swing tackle, one of the more underappreciated and under, you know, underperceived as important 
positions in football. You know, it's because it's usually the same guy, you know, your second string right tackle and your second string left tackle are often the same guy. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing is that they don't have a lot of offensive linemen that they have good ones, but they don't have a lot. Like they have, I'm looking here, six starters. I mean, six players on the roster for O-line, uh, seven, eight, if you count both, both centers um, in that, in that number as well. So they have eight O-linemen on the roster. And I've seen some teams that have, you know, seven tackles alone because it's, it's that important to find the right one. Um, of course, if you have the right ones, you don't need as many, which is definitely the case for the chiefs, but um, Anton Harrison, c- certainly uh, do whatever the hell you want. Kansas city. Just, if you don't pick quarterback, I'll be fine with it. Honestly, you could use anything else. Um, and uh, I've, I've got them going Deontay Banks, just shoring up that defense uh, a little bit. Um, <laughs> doesn't really need to be shored up, but cer- certainly that division is bound to catch fire eventually uh, with Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson there. Um, maybe not Russell Wilson catching fire in the right way over there, but certainly some, something's going to burn in Denver. Um, if, if not, we've got some over here that we can burn. Um, <laughs> but De- De- Deontay Banks, Luke, you talked about him earlier. Just really good defensive back, uh, tested really well, um, put, played really well at Maryland. A lot of, a lot of teams uh, are going to be interested in, interested in him uh, here in the late part of the, uh, the first round. And I think it's just a good pick for, for Kansas City to, you know, he's not the, the best, but I think he's got a, a better floor than Keeley Ringo um and uh cam smith but he i don't think he has the ceiling those guys do so it just depends on how risky kansas city wants to be they could pick any number of any player really here yeah they could they could pick a seventh rounder in the first round and people would be like oh they're they're fine they know what they're doing they took pacheco in the second sixth or seventh round last year look at that guy yeah i mean shit they just and as long as andy Reid is alive and their coach though i think they'll be fine as long as he doesn't eat too many cheeseburgers and he'll ever on the sideline or something. I mean, they, they got Patrick Mahomes where the bears got Justin Fields. So yeah, they, that they, they know what they're doing. If they pick them, I'm going to assume they're going to be good. I <laughs> would also be, would also be interested to see if they maybe consider going uh tight end. Um, if uh, Michael Mayer or Dalton Kincaid fall here just to, you know, I like, I like Noah Gray. Noah Gray played well last year, but um Travis Kelsey going on his 11th year in the league. And, you know, they have not been low contact years. Uh, it's, it's one of those positions I could see them potentially finally going out and getting the heir apparent. Yeah. I mean, just having a double digit career, double digit year career is I think the exception rather than the rule in the NFL these days. So, yes. um, you know, we've, we've had Tyreek Hill already come out and say he's retiring after I think 2025. Uh, so you you, see, you 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 do have to like, and that's part of what goes into these draft decisions. We've got to look. We're not just looking to next season. We're looking two, three years in the future, see who we're going to have to pay, who we're going to release, who might be retiring, and you know that that all definitely goes into this. And and this isn't part of my consideration, but um, it, it, if and when Jason Kelsey retires next year, you know him and Travis do shows together. Is that going to be maybe a draw? Like if they won another Super Bowl. Is this, uh, is this guy even going to want to come back and play again or, you know, say, Hey, cool. I avoided all major injuries, won three Super Bowls, was the best tight end while I was in there. Now let's go do a podcast with my brother for the rest of my life. You know, it, you just never know when they're going to hang it up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's football is the sport where that's the most volatile, I think. Yeah, um, absolutely. We, we, we made it. 
we we did it all 31 which sounds weird to say because of of course no dolphins in in the, the first round this year but all 31 picks and we did it in like over an hour less than we did our uh, our needs show so that was a uh, that was i think it's right around this i think we i think we broke last year's runtime by about 15 minutes maybe but so this is quality what four hours of draft coverage combined Oh, more than that. I think we're, I think we're at, we're almost to six hours of draft coverage combined a little, a little bit under. Are we? So we, we had a, with three twenty five on our, on our okay. draft needs okay. show and yeah, yeah, we yeah. went, we were, we've gone about two hours and 19 minutes or something like that. So we are, it's just, it's all, it's like a full work day. We've done a full work day of like it just doesn't, draft It doesn't coverage. feel like it, man. It feels like I we've know, been talking man. for like an hour or it so. It flies, man. It flies and I'm very hungry, but we had to get through the, the essential things first. You, know, you have to get the draft is today's Wednesday. The draft is Thursday. We, we, we're doing this by hook or by crook, regardless of my eating schedule. I do just so, so much stuff changes that you have to do it as close to the draft right. as, you, as you can. Yeah, we, we were talking about, you know, oh, should we do this Sunday? Should we do this Monday? And then you were like, oh, we got to have a, as much information as possible. And the Aaron Rodgers trade goes down yesterday right tuesday yeah so so if we had done the show on monday we would have everything would have been fucked not not that that was like uh they just swapped picks so it's not like it changed a whole lot but still anything could happen between now and when the draft kicks off and once again we we won't have comprehensive coverage of it (laughs) once again if you uh if you anything anything you heard in this two hours plus sounds really really stupid you think we're the dumbest people in the world you think we're wrong let us know we love to have shit talk to us and if you think if you think oh that's actually interesting and maybe that could happen tell us that too uh, and if you're watching the draft we'll we'll definitely be on social media uh tweeting and uh just probably probably from our own personal accounts maybe we'll if there's a there's a 420 that happens on on the screen we'll definitely get that from the right hash account but um just just stay tuned for for kind of that the, the shake you know the, the little the little the little extra at the end during the actual draft when I'm sure Alex and I will be reacting to everything that happens, especially at picks number 16 and 24. And wherever Will Levis goes. <laughs> God, I forgot about that guy. Forgot about yeah. I forgot we even talked about him. Look, Because no one should in their right mind be talking about Will Levis in the first <laughs> round of NFL draft. But here, here we are. <laughs> uh, well, thanks uh, a lot, everybody, for, uh, for saying- tuning in. Pro- programming note for everyone we will have most likely next week around the same time mike barlow sat gamecock on here to talk about uh all things south carolina their athletics we'll talk a little bit more uh some college stuff so if you're if you're just at, at, you know jonesing for some for some college uh, college baseball probably heavily uh tune in and uh th- that's what we'll have for you next week all right and also stay tuned uh premier league season coming down its last few weeks and there was some good action today and next monday night we'll be recording so next tuesday uh six days from today will be our next episode of the right hosh featuring rob jordan uh arsenal and man city was a beat down today and liverpool got a win so we'll we'll have all that analysis and banter for you on our soccer show the right hosh it'll be episode number 11 coming up early next week so thanks to everyone who's been listening to that i've been really really happy with the the numbers and a lot of rob's family has been listening to that so thanks to them too um we're really really stoked to be bringing you that show we have just as much fun doing that as we do this one so uh, i'm i'm for one i'm glad we've, we've got the soccer show mixed in there and there are a lot a lot of great games that are going to be uh going to be coming down these last couple of weeks of the season. 
Absolutely. It was good news for my blues today. <laughs> and we'll sing the blues as we outro here uh, from the Nasser Alexander Kuchecki Studios. 31 picks. You heard them all here. And if you uh, if you li- listen to this show tomorrow, check out our graphic, too. We're going to put out our, our mock draft graphic. You can go back and look at it. If you don't want to come back. See you